ready then? I guess Let's so. Let's do a Star Trek. Let's do a Star Trek. Oh, we should do a Star Trek rap. No. Why? Right. Star Trek rap dance sort of thing? Do no. the Star Trek? No. They do the Bartman, but do the Star Trek. <laughs> oh, boy, I was no. thinking of do the Mario. Do the Mario. Another uh, do the... Um, do the laundry. Song. That's a whole category of songs, isn't it? The do this. Yeah, yeah. Then there was, there was do also the twist. The... Do yeah. the cool whip. Uh, <laughs> do the cool whip. The cool curly whip. shuffle. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of do this. Do the monster mash. The monster mash. We did that joke recently on the show. Did we? We did a monster, we did a monster mash. monster mash joke? We did. Good for us. Because mash came up. Ames complained about it. <laughs> and then I said, Typical well, we can't Ames. do regular say, mash. That, that definitely tracks. <laughs> okay, anyway. It wasn't Batman. Anyway, let's get back to the show. <laughs> David Ogden Steers was in both, and he's probably going to come up in today's activity. Oh, good. Today's activity. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to talk about the activity? I was hoping she'd forget. And welcome back to A Star to Steer Her By. Where have you been? If you're just joining us this week, we're talking about two episodes of Star Trek Voyager, In the Flesh and Once Upon a Time. Uh, Now that we've finished talking about In the Flesh, we'll talk about Once Upon a Time. (laughs) Wait a minute. What just happened? Oh, this is the beginning of the episode. Shit. (laughs) Thought we were filming out of order here. (laughs) Okay, so... What's your name? What's your name? God damn it. My name ah. is Boothby. Good, good. And joining me today are... Boothby. Oh, I was going to be the other one. Uh, Valerie Archer. <laughs> and Boothby. Good. I get to be the different one. <clears throat> Yay. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, in the flesh. That's what we're talking about. So, as suggested by our names this week, we are on Earth. Uh, evidently, and uh, we're at Starfleet Academy, and we see our old friend Boothby, who you may remember from The First Duty, in which uh, he had his first duty, and now everyone has a duty for the first time, because they're not actually humans. What? And imagine that surprise after their genetic makeover. What the fuck? I feel like we made the same joke about Odo when he was actually made into a solid. And Q when he became human. And he had to make his own solid. And actually, Seven of Nine when she was de-assimilated. Every time somebody becomes human, we're just like, man, the first That's time they like, shit, they must have been perplexed. That is the biggest surprise, I think, for people that are not Certainly used to being the humans. Messiest. So yeah, we are on Earth, uh, or what seems like Earth. Chakotay's there, and he's tooling around, taking photos of stuff. He meets La- Boothby. Laying down the pipe. Laying pipe all around town. He meets uh, Boothby. Well, to make a bath, you need to have pipe. He uh, goes to the to the bar, evidently, and, and meets a pretty lady. Uh, that's Valerie Archer. And um, then... Uh, she he, gives him the swizzle. <laughs> yeah, she's just about to do the twist. And, uh, <laughs> and then, then Tuvok walks in and... Uh, you know, the, the the nun and throws some water on this whole affair. Vulcan cock block. And it's like, well, we have to return to duty now. First Ms. duty. 
so but Tuvok, I made a date. So turns out that this isn't Earth after all. What? Uh, exactly. No, in fact, this is like some weird habitat. As they're leaving, though, they manage to capture one of the fake Starfleet people, bring him back to the ship, and they're kind of interrogating him, but he freaks the fuck out because he's like no no i'm human i'm definitely human i'm definitely no i'm definitely not an alien and then he kills himself with like a neuro thing which was actually like very starfleet of him because anytime someone's captured or like trying to be a dick they just like say their name and rank over and over again yeah. mm-hmm. so actually they nailed that part yeah they were yep. pretty good they're, they're um, more starfleet than starfleet so they do not some hard to they, do so they <laughs> like well he's he's in he's definitely not human because i had to do his microcellular scan the doctor says and then he's like but i can turn him back into whatever he was before with his little hoodly do so he jacks him up full of that the body of the dead man and then he transforms before our eyes into species eight four seven two three oh nine yeah, and uh, so Janeway is immediately perturbed about this, and and Seven of Nine is like, "Well, pff, we gotta kill the fuck out of him. Let's get some let's get some nanoprobes up in this bitch." So that's what they do. They start working on the plan to to, to kill him. In the meantime, Chakotay is like, "Well, I could help with the annihilation thing, but there's a chance I could get." late tonight so maybe i go beam back over there and do some more uh in-depth reconnaissance so uh so janeway's like all right fine you you do you chakotay no you do you do her right so um he beams back over and uh it is a species 8472 chakotay Right. Yeah, but he's pulling a Tony Shalhoub in uh, Galaxy, Galaxy yes. Quest and being very into it. <laughs> okay, that that I'm okay with. I mean, here's the thing. In Galaxy Quest, they're holograms. In this, they have actually, like, shape-shifted. Mm, that's true. They're um, even breathing air. Oh, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Chakotay makes his date with the lady... They go on a little, they do like space bowling. They went to the Pond Far Night, which to me just sounds like it was probably like a wrestling match or boxing or something violent. And it, it wasn't it at like the Vulcan Disco or something? It like made, an, or the Vulcan Dance Club? Something. Or what? something that Vulcans shouldn't clearly, have. Clearly so they're... They didn't get right. Yeah, they're I'm really hoping, yeah. Their they research got, is not so They got both be perfect mm-hmm. and yet they're like Vulcans would totally have a pond far night at their discos right <laughs> I mean it's Vulcans have discos right thing. it's probably run by Vulcans but it's like owned by Vulcans but only humans go there and they only go there to fuck okay that's my guess and hopefully the Vulcans are taking lots of pictures as blackmail yeah, as that's, like that's a the, look at these racist that's, motherfuckers that's the and what they plot. think about us it's and... only logical uh, so anywho uh, they go back to her place and she's dropping hints and He's not really picking him up too easily. It's been a while, of course, for Chakotay. So he's about to leave, and she's like, well, don't you kiss a girl goodnight? And he's like, well, sure. So he lays one on her, and then he goes to leave, and then she's like, ha, 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 I stole some of his DNA after all. Which oh, no, she put a hand on the pants. And then she realizes, oh, shit, he's human. <laughs> and uh, she calls up her old buddy Boothby, and she's like, yep, he's human. You were right. I was wrong. I shouldn't have let him in. And uh, then they capture Chakotay. They do, they, they do the old they do the old Truman Show thing where they turn the daylights on and mm. capture him. And then that was a good look. They're interrogating him, and they're like, "We know you're 
Federation is planning an invasion of our galaxy and Chakotay's like, we don't fucking care about you bozos. Are you kidding me? So they go back to Voyager and they have a little uh, Kittimer Accord. 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 They have, they have a little uh, a little diplomacy and Janeway successfully uh, manages to uh, get everybody happy and we become friends now with species 8472 we exchange flowers phone numbers flowers phone numbers technology bodily fluids chakotay's dick pics still don't know their name (laughs) no they well they probably like oh we know your species 8472 and they don't correct them so they're like fine that's our name now sure well in their language that's close to what it actually is. <laughs> well, it's actually, there's, there's that moment where Chakotay's like, so what's your na- real name anyway? Or, oh no, he calls her Ar- Jewel- what? Valerie Archer? Yeah. Valerie Archer's like, that's not even my real name. Well, what is your name? And then she doesn't say anything. It's like, because yeah. she's going... Oh, he couldn't pronounce it anyway. Yeah, it should be a series oh. of slurping sounds. Well, we could we could have another uh, another Galaxy Quest reference. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think, I Why think, did we turn the gain off? I think we even said, Caitlin and I, like, that, that's what their name is. It's a Thermian it's, noise. It's the sound from uh, that, that uh, What's-Her-Name makes in Splash. Oh, that's mm. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. horrible nail-on chalkboard sound that thing. she makes. Chakotay was so excited to try to get with Archer just because, like, since they're from a different, like, universe, basically, or something, he'd probably be the first human to, to screw an alien that wasn't seeded by the potato people from the chase. There oh, that's go. right. Yeah, they wouldn't be because they're from fluidic space. Yeah. Like, he'd be like, the, he's going somewhere even Kirk hasn't gone. Mm. What about uh, Harry Kim being like, I really want to bang an alien? Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. I always thought it would be fun to... Well, he he almost banged the what were they Terellians? Mm, yeah, the ones. But then the, he got scared and ran away. The, well, he didn't actually. There was no P and V, but at least one of them gave him a handy J, and I feel like that should count for something. I guess I could totally see though that's especially among younger members of Starfleet. It's just a thing, you know. Like it's all played up, and they're just like, yeah. It's probably in all the recruitment material for Starfleet. Probably, yeah. Or any pricks. What to bang aliens or to not bang aliens? Bang aliens. Oh, okay. Like, I'm sure they're told to be careful and officially yeah. and just like blah, blah, blah. But you know, like, it's on the official documents, but when you like go to the recruiting station, the fucking jackass behind the desk is like, and you know, alien strange. Mm-hmm. Gross. Klingons got two buttholes. Neat. I don't think you guys are at this point in your battle star watch. No, I we think are it's not. I think it's literally the episode after the one you appeared on Carl's pod uh, Carl's podcast for. Here's a plug for Carl's podcast. It's a lot of fun. It's called Battle Space Nine. It's comparing Deep Space Nine and Battlestar Galactica. Uh here's your Battlestar Galactica connection. The the woman who plays Valerie Archer, whose human name I didn't write down like a fool. We're gonna see so much of her on Battlestar. Oh, I think I saw that, yeah. Because I looked her up because she was familiar, but Turns out, no, she wasn't. I've not seen anything else she's in. Yeah, she plays uh, Colonel Ty's estranged wife. Yes. I mean, strange wife. Spoilers. I mean, it's not that. Yeah, no, if he has a wife, she is clearly estranged because he is an asshole. I adore Ty. But she, but so. she is, she is, she is lovely. She is a piece of work. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. He's a great character to watch, but, like, because he's an asshole. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but... Yes, you should keep watching Battlestar though, so you can. We meet, will. You can meet Ellen Ty. Oh bad, yeah, but. she is. She is a lot, and and gets very fun. And yeah. the act and the actress, I think, is great. This she's younger here, so I'm like, oh yeah, Ellen Ty, get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boothby, you know, playing an alien again who's disguised as a human. Yeah, yeah, Boothby. Something I found quite interesting about 
Boothby is that even like they never at any point drop the facade, even once they're found out, even at the very end when it's like, yeah, no, we're like friends now. We're, we're at peace, but he's still just being Boothby about it. Yeah, like his, his, his style of speech doesn't change when yeah. they're having their peace conference. He's still like, now you don't try to come on down to the farm and do Hickey the Bing Bong or whatever. Now, young lady. Yeah. Yeah, all the little Boothby-isms were my favorite thing from this episode, and I I liked him an awful lot. But it brings up the... Targ manure. Yeah, that's right. I I liked that. I want to absorb that into my vernacular because it's so good. But it brings up the thing that makes... I, I can't wrap my brain around this episode because they never establish how they know all this Starfleet information down to Boothby, like, language quirks, and yet don't know anything about the Voyager? So where where was this disconnect? Where all, did they get this info? All I can figure, they suggested they maybe somehow got it from the Borg, and... Well, yeah, because they would know a lot from um, Jean-Luc, because he definitely knew Boothby, and he yeah. knew Starfleet. Well, also and... the, like, literally thousands of humans yeah. they... uh, Boothby befriends all cadets. I was so annoyed by that. I was like, you know, Janeway is like, and he used to bring me fresh roses. And I'm like, what? Did he just fucking kiss every future captain's ass? Like this, how many of this guy are there? What is he, the fucking Santa Claus of Starfleet? Okay, you want to know my tinfoil hat? This is my theory about Boothby. He recognizes potential. He's not real. He's a figment of their imagination. Would you shut the fuck up? (laughs) Boothby is an Elorian. Ah. Okay. That's Guinan. A Guinan. Oh. They're natural listeners. I think he's an Elorian. Because A, he's quite old and it's kind of implied that he's been that old forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, I've had uh, teachers like that. Yeah. You know, and he's known, he's worked there for 50 years. He's known everybody from, you know, Jean-Luc Picard to, to Captain Janeway. Somehow Chakotay didn't know him, so mm. he doesn't befriend every cadet. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people. So, man, my theory on Boothby is he's an Elorian. I like that idea. I actually really like that. And actually, I don't know, was he friends with Picard? He knew Picard, but I feel like when they were talking, Picard was like, ah, Boothby. was like, oh, yeah, you. You were mm. that marathon kid who was kind of a dick. Either that or he's a uh, Gary Seven. Mm. Ugh. Since we now know that they are no, a I recurring don't, thing. Don't need more of them. I prefer Elorian. Yeah. Unless they bring another Isis, the cat. Mm. There we go. More, more cat, less fucking. He's actually one of the cat monsters. He he turns into like <gasps> a a sort of a. I picture kind of like a, a like a Maine Coon. Okay. Very grumpy looking Maine Coon. Oh, I was hoping he'd be like a little ragdoll Munchkin with like cute little legs, <laughs> little slipper feet. Yeah. No, because that's too adorable. You Fluffy need something. Pants. You need something that's kind of grumpy. <laughs> You're right. It has to be kind of gnarled looking. Maybe one of those werewolf cats. A palace cat. Oh my god, palace <gasps> cats so are cute. so mad. Do you know they weigh like five pounds? They're like mostly floof. Yeah. Wow. Which is wild. Hmm. They're so cute. I don't know if they're literally five pounds, but they don't weigh much more than a normal house cat, which Mm. is surprising because they look massive. Yet they survive in the Himalayas. Yep. Wild. But yes, Boothby, I like I like that idea. But yeah, I like the idea that they've like they've all gotten so into character that they can't even shake it when they could. But it's a decent tactic. It it probably helps, you know. It's like, all right, yeah, they know who we are, but we're not going to turn back into our weird space monsters. It's easier to communicate yeah. with them this way, first yeah. of all. I think the communication was probably like the, the driving factor for why to stay 
At least in the forms, if not yeah. continuing to pretend to be Admiral Bullock and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I mean obviously the real world explanation is it's way cheaper to just have Ray Walston? Watson? What? I think, think Walston. Yeah, Ray Walston just stay as Ray Walston and not whip out the CG space monster. Well, but I think have there's to... good in world yeah, explanations. I just think that yeah, I don't know, they're just so deep undercover that yeah. they're not gonna shake it. But yeah. Um, it looked painful reverting, so... Yeah, it did not look fun. That poor guy in the bar. Well, that, that might have been just because he was bad at holding it. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. I felt like those um, those effects were pretty good, too. I agree. I thought a lot of the effects... Even the uh, transformation when the, when they... The, oh, when the, Bay? Yeah, when yeah. the dead guy turned back into... Yeah. Him, he was good for, for the time. For the and time. budget, yeah. It wasn't bad. Yeah, considering I said, oh, I said like, oh boy, here it comes. Oh, it's not bad. Okay, I'll, I'll allow this for, you know, 1998. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially considering, as as we always say, what is it, Hoodwinked? Wasn't oh, a terrible God, movie yeah. that came out in 04 or something and it looked terrible? Oh, it looked mm. so much worse than multiple films that had already come out by that point. So a few weeks ago we watched... Um, Alien. Yes. No, the one with the guy, uh, Ray Wise. What the fuck was that episode called? Oh, Hope uh, and Fear. Hope yeah. and Fear. Yeah, so a few weeks ago we watched Hope and Fear, and this, this episode I feel like has a has a connection to that in that this is another example where mm. Voyager's interference, particularly with the Borg, has led to potential dire yeah. consequences. Like, yeah. if Boothby isn't able to convince the rest of Species 8... Because he said that there were, like, dozens of other installations like this where they're practicing how to infiltrate Starfleet. So there's dozens of Boothbys. Yeah. So I find it... So, like, if he fails and doesn't convince the rest of 8472 that Starfleet's no threat, then, uh, yeah, shit ain't gonna go too hot for... Um... Yeah, because no one else in the Federation knows that... Borg nanoprobes are yeah. the answer to getting rid of but them. Here's this, right? Tell me, tell me. So, I think it was Valerie or somebody was like, yep, within a few days we're going to be on Earth doing mm. this for real to, when she's talking to Chakotay. Yeah. Which suggests to me that Species 8472 has a way to get to Earth. Mm-hmm. Can they just travel through fluidic space? Maybe. Is that like a, so like a when warp we're, area? When we're doing this technology or you know, friendship exchange thing. Why isn't Janeway like, okay, we'll give you the nanoprobe torpedo, so now you cannot be defeated. That's a great fucking strategic idea, Janeway, but whatever. Well, it was very end of the Cold War. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but we didn't exactly give anybody our nuclear secrets or anything. Not on purpose, anyway. (laughs) Um... So anyway, Did, um, didn't they do a you you show us yours, we show you ours kind of thing? I I mean probably. That's all. To I, some I literally extent. read just that from the where did this episode probably come from, from to so. some extent, but I'm sure that I mean there's still a ton of shit that's classified. Mm. Well, you know, if Tom Paris was here, he would know the answer oh since he once again seems to be a fucking expert on all all times in Earth history. Mm. But yeah, it seems weird to me that. Jamie wouldn't have negotiated passage through fluidic space or whatever. That, that I could see that being a place where they really draw the line still, though. Mm. Like, look, we're friends now, but stay the fuck out of our space. This does seem to answer at least some of our questions, though. In that, because we were kind of like, so wait, were they maybe going to just fuck with everyone after they dealt with the Borg? But it sounds like, no, they really just didn't like the Borg. And also, they do seem to probably actually be individuals, as opposed to... Because we had suggested, and I rather like this was your idea, Jake, and I quite liked it, that maybe fluidic space itself was an entity and just mm. created individuals when it needed them to, like, 
Maybe. deal with stuff, but it seems like there's probably always an individual aspect. Well, I also kind of feel like this 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 episode feels a little retconny on Species 8472 to begin with mm. because of like the whole we'll purge your galaxy and all that stuff. Yeah. But also, I couldn't help but thinking in this episode that it just felt like a script that was written or at least originally intended to be for Deep Space Nine and then yeah didn't end up getting made they went a different direction with the changelings and it just ended up you know getting reworked into a voyager episode uh, i happen to know that is not true oh well do you, uh, i think jake knows who the writer was because i said it yesterday uh written by nick sagan carl sagan's kid correct okay. oh, wow. he's he's written for for trek before and this was one he did for in the flesh he's also going to be one of their main script ed- or story editors for this season huh. so when his name come, come up again next episode i was like wait a minute this isn't the one he did oh i see why but the original idea that he pitched and then somehow they got this out of when frankly it hmm. could have just been their own episode too. seven of nine falls in a blender basically oh god no not at all uh, the original idea was that they would find a picture of species 8472 in some kind of relic from ancient earth culture so they realize ah this is where some old earth legends of demons and devils and shit came from and species 8472 had contact with earth you know generate you know eons ago and hooray which eh i think this was better mm. yeah yeah you got I... to do a diplomacy about it which is always a good time yeah yeah no that's definitely way we don't need another like ancient aliens bullshit but, we've had enough of that nonsense but doesn't this just feel like it does, a yes. like the the changelings practicing how to fit in on Earth. I thought it was at first. Yeah. Like when I was watching it, I was like, okay, what the fuck? What did I say? Because I made like a bunch of guesses. I think changeling was the last thing I guessed. Changeling was on your list, yeah. But I was like, holodeck, flashback. Oh yeah, what bef- the fuck? before you know, it's a it's a little practice settlement. Like you could very well think like we're on Earth and what's going, what's the story going to be until until they kind of tell you what's going on. Yeah, we actually at one point it was like. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we were going to infiltrate Starfleet at the highest levels. And I just pictured, you know, say this plan had gone through. And then you cut to, like, a high-end board meeting. And finally, she's like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a fucking minute. You're a changeling. I'm Species 8472. <laughs> You're one of those bug monsters from Conspiracy we forgot. Is anyone here actually Starfleet? Oh, I'm a, I'm a Cardassian that had cosmetic surgery <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, then, then <laughs> or Commodore O just sneaks out the door. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was about to say some guy raises his hand. I mean, technically yes, but I'm now a Romulan double agent. I... Yeah, yeah. I was getting big. What was that two-parter that had Admiral Layton, that dick, and it was at Starfleet home, Academy. Home front in Paradise Lost. That's yeah, the one. Yeah, because yeah, it's a, it's at Starfleet Academy again. We have people infiltrating things yeah. again. There's an admiral who seems like a jerk. Is that yeah. the one where, like, the changeling is mocking Odo for, like, being shit at doing birds? Yes, you're a shitty seagull. Here's a good seagull. Flap, flap. Those birds will never believe you, bitch. You have to do it like this. <laughs> and then he poops on somebody. Well, that is seagulls for you. So, hey, Odo, have you even heard about the bird? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you so this, we had mentioned this in passing, but it is very much, like, the most blatantly, like, Cold War metaphor episode, I think, since TOS. <laughs> Can't even really call it a metaphor. They made the subtext text yeah. by having yeah, Paris true, yeah, be like, Russian... well, you know, in the 19 blah blah blahs, Russia and America. I was like, and literally Chris and I both were like, shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up, Tom. Tom. Um, also, like, a much more 
recent example in their history is fucking Kidimer and and that whole thing. Oh, that's right. Right? Hey, listen. Don't wait, expect uh, the writers to know anything about the lore and the history, Jake. Wait, what? How does that tie into Kidimer? I'm confused. I'm just saying, like, in terms of, of like, detente and... Oh, yeah, but this is before they've reached the top. This yeah. is when he's, you know. But yeah, yeah, this is when he's talking about the, the infiltration thing. Yeah. I love that he felt like they need to explain that, though, to the audience. Like, you know, we, we get it. They're pretending to be huge. That's not Remember that, that a lot of people are really stupid. <laughs> it's important to keep that in mind. But also, they did do that at Kittimer, too, right? Because... Well, they were... That was more... Well, no, because there was no brainwashing. I was going to say it's a Manchurian candidate thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, there were, there were disguises and other things. It's a rubber mask. <laughs> but yeah, very, very Cold War vibey. I did enjoy, though, again, they were like, let's try to diplomacy on this. Well, actually, I think it was pretty Chakotay was like, let's diplomacy on this. Janeway was like, murder them away. No, maybe diplomacy. Maybe diplomacy. She, well, she was making sure they had the, the, the murder plan B ready to go. Seven, do you have any more of those nanoprobes? And she's like, you've milked me for all the nanoprobes I've got. Well, make more seven. Yeah. <laughs> Find a way. But even then, uncomfortable. start pumping. At one point, she is just though like, <sighs> General Order 010, apparently opposite of General Order 24, of like, try to reach a peaceful solution first. It keeps hounding me. It's like, that shouldn't be hounding you. That should be your first thought. <laughs> what is happening? Maybe we can try to do first contact again, Chakotay. I mean, it's it's a mulligan. Yeah. Mulligan first contact. I'm surprised they... Tom Paris wasn't like, well... Uh, there was an ancient Earth uh, man who said, "Walk softly and carry a big <laughs> I stick." I was just thinking, you that. know. Yep. I, I just, I really want, like, next time he tries to talk about the 20th century, I just want Harry to come up behind him with a shovel and bang him on the back of the head. <sighs> but yes, again, appropriately, Chakotay kind of laying the groundwork. Yeah, very even if unintentionally. Is it weird that I really shipped him and Archer? <laughs> no, they had a decent vibe. He was, like, the smoothest he's been in a while. Yeah. Dude, I literally was sitting watching, and I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I oh, I like Chakotay. I really like Chakotay. Oh, she's a horrifying monster, though. Yeah, but she seems so nice. I loved I loved how much she says it's uncomfortable sleeping, because they're not mm. used to sleeping, mm. or breathing, or walking bipedally, or fucking Chakotay all the time. Or pooping. Mm. Yep, definitely on the list. I thought yeah. that was cool. I, I thought to myself, "Oh no, what if what if uh, they were trying to be Cations and they had to sleep even more?" <laughs> Little kitties napping in the but sun. Then we get chin rubs, and it would make it better. <laughs> Speaking of other species, though, that we see, they keep showing us a Ferengi. They did. There were a bunch of Ferengi, which to me makes me think that they either haven't really done their research very well, or, or... they just have very very recent intel. Because Nog is the first Ferengi to ever attend Starfleet. They I... wouldn't have a bunch of fucking Ferengi. I kind of like the idea that like they're like ninety five percent right, mm. but there's a few things that miss the mark, like like the Ponfarnite, like the Ponfarnite, a bunch of Ferengi. I kind of wanted to see more of, like, the little wrongnesses in the mm. universe. Because it seemed so believable until the Ponfar thing came up. And I was like, fucking no. Yeah, yeah I kind of wanted to see what Ponfar Night looks like at the Vulcan But you see, Dance here's Club. the thing. I guarantee that's a thing. But it's a human thing. But it's a human the Vulcan, thing. The Vulcans are like, ugh. It could. I could see that being a lower decks joke, you know. Mm. I see. I wasn't gonna say it because I felt like I was gonna will it into the world if I did. But that was my first thought. It's like they're gonna fucking do that next season, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Well, I hope it's an episode about like misappropriation at the Vulcans. It will not. Really it, bad about being dicks. It will not be. Well, it should be. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, it would have been nice to maybe have just a few other little incongruencies. Yeah, little 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 cra- cracks in the facade, you know. Because mm. honestly, it's like, was the too many Ferengi thing intentionally like a crack, or were they just like, hey, we got a bunch I of just, Ferengi heads lying around? I just don't. I think it might have been the same one over and over again. No, because I'm pretty sure there was I know, like I know I know I saw two. Yeah, because there was definitely one a, outside and one on. I kept seeing inside. the same one with a green. Oh, see, there's definitely thing. a blue shirt one. I remember that. And then I think there was a red one. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I didn't see the red one. It could also have been the same actor in different uniforms, mm. just to like That's make true. it look like there yeah, were more. Just see, like because it stuck out so much. Yeah, yeah. we have to break that actor go through lots of makeup for one thing. It's like it is yeah. very intentional. Like, well, yeah, well, it was very intentional, and like nobody mentioned it. Like you would have th- thought that somebody would be like, like when when Chakotay's like, oh yeah, they even got Falcons and Ferengi. Somebody would be like, wait, wait, wait Ferengi at Starfleet Academy? That doesn't make any sense. Mm. Yeah, I I did like the uh, for lack of a better term chase scene. When Chakotay, mm. yeah, they switch the lights on, Chakotay starts walking faster, and then there's just more and more people speed walking behind him. Yeah. It's like, that is actually super threatening. Like, yeah. if I was there, I'd be like, oh, oh, this is, oh, they're not even trying to run, because they know I'm fucked. Yeah, even the effect when it switches from night to day, I thought looked pretty good, and I was like, ooh, that's actually very well, creepy. It's like, there's this there's this trick that they, that they you don't see it much anymore, probably because the technology is better, where they would film night scenes during the day oh right and just use like a A neutral density filter or something to make it look night like i remember there there's a bunch of like sci-fi shows from the early 2000s that use that yeah you complained about it every episode of the 4400 the 4400 is the worst at doing it because every night scene it's like it is clear that they are in bright daylight like there are shadows across their faces somehow it's funny you bring that up because i was gonna say like when they first had that scene i was like it is obviously day with a filter. Yeah. And then they did the switch. I'm like, that's why. And, that's, and it's like, okay, this is a time when that effect was used. And yeah, it was obvious that that's what they were doing. But it was also really cool when they did the reveal. Yeah, the thing, because it was a reveal, because it was so brief. Because I yeah. remember, like, no, I never saw the 4400. But I remember when I was a kid, I watched way too much Nick at Night. And a, no like, such thing. <laughs> so many sitcoms and TV shows from like the 1960s would pull that same thing, mm. except the filter was even worse. Right. They, I don't think they used a filter. I think they just went in and kind of darkened it a little, but it's like, it is clearly like noon right now. And yeah. you're trying to convince me it's nearly midnight. There was, there was some, there was an episode of the 4400 where I remember where it was supposed to be like dead of night and it's very clearly a bright sunny day. <laughs> and they like added in post like, there were like lamp posts, oh, so they no. like added like uh, like a fake flare oh. coming off the lamp, and I was just like, "Oh my god, Bad. this is painful." I forget which one it was, but there's again some sitcom where it was like it was supposed to be night, but like I don't know, maybe the director hadn't gotten that note because not only was it like too bright, but like the street set was like pretty crowded. Mm-hmm. It's like this guy thought he was doing a midday shot, like <laughs> plain and simple. Or they, or they changed it after the fact it something like, people yeah. coming home from pond far night <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah no the, the switch was neat it was just like, well yeah and then again that like there's something scarier about just a ton of people who are like we don't need to rush mm. than there's a, nowhere to go yeah more it's scarier than a couple of guys with big guns running after you because they're just like we don't need to rush it's like <clears> oh I am screwed. Yeah. I mean, that whole sequence felt very Truman. Yeah, you see, yeah, that is that is very like, true. just not just like the turning the lights on, but also like the people all just like walking. Around. Time to break character for yeah. the sake of containment. 
<laughs> when uh, Neelix goes off with the Vulcan at the end, it's like, oh, I'd love to see your perspective on Vulcan. And Duvok is like, oh, fuck, can we switch? I liked that. I like. I that don't moment. want him coming back with <laughs> more perspective. Oh, God. Yeah, because these people would be open about it. Yeah, they so. would. They would. Here's all of our research on Vulcan. Here's <laughs> more different parties to throw for, for Duvok. <laughs> Mr. Vulcan, I heard about this other holiday I'm going to try to do for you, but fuck up the recipe because I'm going to put my own spin on it. Well, so here's the thing. The, the, the 8472 Vulcan is going to tell Neelix about Pond Farnight and how oh, it's, no. a, it's a big thing that Vulcans like. No! So, so then Neelix is going to throw a Pond Farnight on Voyager and invite Tuvok and Vorik and it's going to be really uncomfortable. Fuck that guy, man. Problem is he only invites Tuvok and Vorik? Right. But Tom hears about it and crashes the party and then realizes it's just the four of them. <laughs> and so they just end up, like, playing Monopoly. Yeah, having a, having a little, little boys' night. Well, I actually really like there was a little, a little boys' night with um, Tom and Harry and Chakotay on the way to, to, to Planet. And they're just chatting about dating aliens. And mm. I thought, like, I'm sure that's not how, how people talk. But it was very mm. cute. What I would like to know, though, actually thinking on that, is I get that, you know, you've assimilated so many people. So many Starfleet people. So, yeah, maybe you can, like, pretty convincingly construct a Boothby personality trait and this and that and the other thing. What do you mean assimilated people? The, 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 the Borg, Borg, sorry. Assuming they got their information from the Borg. I don't understand how they would get their information from the Borg, though. Yeah, they well... they killed the Borg. Yeah. They didn't... Talk, they didn't yeah. If they captured the Borg, I don't think the Borg can give well, them information. They could have plugged into their computers. But the one thing that would seem to go against that is what... One of the things that would go against that idea as well, though, is just, like... I don't care how many people you've assimilated. You did not assimilate someone who has the entire works of that poet there memorized. Mm. So they Maybe did. They have I, I wonder, if, like I wonder if they just like got the Voyager's database or something. Then they know more about Voyager already. That's true. Yeah, they'd know that, that you're the only one in the quadrant, mm. and you're not lying when you say when you say. Well, maybe that. they maybe they just went to Earth and did a little uh, recon or something. Maybe. Maybe one of their many crashed and or exploded shuttles. They got data from that, but it didn't have Voyager-specific data. Right. Well, All of um, that was corroded in the crash. Or, okay, okay. This one maybe actually... We, they seem to be able to somehow get to Earth very quickly. They sent, like, one scout out as a civilian to, like, buy a Kindle, or whatever a Kindle is in the 24th century, and come back with it. It's like, here's a bunch of history books, here's a bunch of literature... I don't know. I took a tour in Met Boothby. <laughs> right. um, but they hadn't done the full-on... Because if they're being clever about it, they'll maybe do some basic scouting before setting up the habitats and mm, all this. True. Yeah. I will say, like, I, I really actually did quite like the episode, like the interactions all that, but I guess I am a little sad that in a way they've made Species 8472 more comprehensible. True. And it so, did very quickly. Yeah, like so much of this is just a perfectly reasonable, normal procedure and tactic you know it's like learn about your enemies try to find a way to infiltrate them this and that like previously they were just this weird alternate reality maybe pocket dimension thing and again we had questions like are they even what's what's this what's that now it's like oh they're just they're another species now which is kind of a bummer and like again i just i feel like it's not super true to what we have seen of species 8472 Mm. not just like the incident with the borgs but also the incident with the Herogen, right? Like, mm, yeah, that species eight four seven two was also like a monster. So, but reason you can reason with him though, because he's just like, I just want to get fucking home, man. And they were like, all right, sure, yeah. But then everything went awry because of Herogen and 
Seven of Nine and things. But speaking, I, I, speaking of Seven of Nine, quick note. Mm. Uh, this was the debut of her new blue jumpsuit. Okay, I, th- I was going to say, is this the yeah. first time we saw this? Yes, it is. It's very blue. It's very it blue. So it, it looks is. great on her, but once again, it looks like she just can't breathe. Mm. It, it does look up. better for her, probably, than the one before it. Like, I noticed at the course it didn't seem quite as constricting. Mm, see, it's funny, because because of the color on this one, I feel like, I know it seems more or less constricting, but I noticed the ribbing more than on mm. its previous one. It's but funny, because I was looking for it, and I saw it less. Yeah, yeah that's I what I was thinking, too. I was see, like, it seemed to stay there's quite as much boning in there. It stood out to me more, again, but I think it's more just a result of the color than anything else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It looks a little better. Not yeah. much. Like, it's still terrible. I wish she'd have a fucking Starfleet uni- uniform because she looks fucking smoking when she wears the Starfleet uniform. Just, just put her in civilian clothes. Let Neil dress her in his random rags. Oh. It'll be fine. I, I love the idea of her in his outfits, yeah. just you know, sized for her. Yeah, she'd make them appropriately. Them. Appropriately. <laughs> Something that bothered me. Speaking of uniforms, about this uh, this show is um, that Chakotay is wandering around. Wearing his maquis specific and no one hips, and no one questions it. Yeah, no, like people call him commander. Oh, I didn't think of that. Even though he's not wearing oh, commander's pants. Oh, wait a second. There's another flaw in their uh, intelligence. They're all in Voyager uniforms. Yeah, and by now I think they've switched over. Oh yes. Okay, so we can say that their their info is dated. At Back least, that far. At least, yeah. Because when we saw Admiral What's-His-Name in the message, wasn't he in the newer uniform? Yep, he or? was. He hmm. was wearing the, the one with the... The, the, the gray and Yeah, the, the, the quilted... Yeah, so they, they've... Yeah, actually, yeah, the definitely... Sorry. Definitely because Andy Dick was in the newer uniform, mm-hmm. too, and that was mm-hmm. a while ago. So, yeah. So, so they do have dated inter- information, but it's not super dated because it's not like... Wolf 359 stuff. Yeah. They're, they are wearing Voyager uniforms, so... Yeah. If they got it from the Borg, it is up-to-date. Relatively up-to-date. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it did. Bo- it bothered me that Chakotay... Yeah, no one commented on it. Yeah. And they knew it was a commander's... Yeah, even, even though too. it was something... Like, I don't know who designed that or, like, where it came from, but it's not something that anybody else wears. No. Is that, like, a... I wonder if it's... If that is, like, an official Starfleet insignia for, like, non... Like, civilian... Some sort of weird provisional title yeah. thing, like a field promotion. Did they just let the Maquis make their own, and Seska came up with it? Yeah. <gasps> or Suter. That's right. Suter was a big... Actually, it was Hogan. Pin designer. <laughs> Poor Hogan was the, the artisan of the group. Mm. Mm. Two more minor notes before I have run out of things. Tucker Smallwood, who played Bullock, who was the Admiral. That name's familiar. Uh, we're going to see him a bunch in, in Enterprise. Oh, Oh, uh, and also he is a human actor, so... Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> he was, you know, excited to be on Star Trek, and he's like, oh, good, I'll be under an alien, uh, under, like, alien makeup, oh. <laughs> because he had recently, like, been suffering from Bell's palsy, so oh, no. was having trouble emoting with half of his face. So when someone mentioned to him later, like, wow, you seem like such a stern admiral, he says, yes, because that's the expression that I could do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not... I feel kind of bad saying, but I thought, I thought his... Expressions were great. I liked yeah. him, like, yeah. He looked like good. kind of a stern... You know, so I thought it was on purpose. Yeah, I liked him. I'm excited to see more of him in Enterprise, where I'm, I I believe he's going to be under a bunch of makeup, so he'll be happy with that. And my other note is... Uh, so they named Valerie Archer, because obviously we, we are not in Enterprise land yet. Yep. And Nick Sagan named her as a combination. If you combine the character... 
Dave Bowman, who's the main character from 2001. Okay. And Ellie Arroway, who's the main character in, in Contact. And you take Bo and Arrow. Oh, God. You get an archer. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Good work, Nick Sagan. That's, uh, oh, dear. I feel like it's okay if that's how you came up with a name, but maybe don't tell people about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, anywho. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I think it's cute. And I think it's a, it's a nice nod to his dad's work, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, next up we're going to be talking about Once Upon a Time. Tidy, tidy, tidy. Oh, it's a toy. Yeah, in Once Upon a Time... We're at, we're on the holodeck and we're in the magical world of Flotter, who is a children's storybook character. Peppa Pig. We're here visiting yeah. Peppa Pig without this, the cute accent. Yeah, this terrifying yeah, water monster that is uh, Naomi Wildman likes to play with, uh, and they're like you know interactive storybooks, I guess. They're apparently huge. Harry yeah. Kim played them as a kid. Janeway played them. So yeah, so Flotter is, you know, he's like the Barney, I guess, of the Star Trek universe. And um, he's, he's more advanced than that. Well, sure. But even more multi-generational. Like, yeah. He's almost like a... Big Bird. Yeah. Big Bird, yeah. Yeah, like there's some Sesame Street-ass but stuff going absolutely on. Absolutely horrifying. Oh, yes. In appearance. And then he's got his friend Trevis. Trevis. Who's a tree monster, also fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And they got their... It's kind of uh, adversary. Um, Fire Ogre. Fire Ogre, who is actually terrifying. That one was weird. weird. Like, yeah. burns. For a kid's well, burns novel. Burns forest and evaporates Flotter. It was getting a lot of Fern Gully vibes. Yeah, it was rough. That is some... It just felt like a big jump. You felt like it went from, like, you know, seven and below to, like, fucking young adult yeah. real quick. Kids gotta learn about death someday. Let's see, it was, it was a series they the author created over a long period of time. It's like, yeah, the audience is getting older, I guess I'll... Right. Yeah, or they wrote them for their own kids, and their kids got older. It's like the Harry Potter books, right? Didn't those... Cons- like, wasn't that a thing that they Come did in. where they made them more adult? Ultimately, the writer was just getting increasingly bitter. It's like, I wanted to be known for my serious work, but everyone loves these fucking kids things. Right. I'll show them. So yeah, anywho, um... Then he kills Flora. But oh, we God. find out that, um, it is, just, you know, it's a holodeck game that... that Naomi Wildman plays, and Samantha Wildman, Naomi's mom, as well as Tuvok and uh, Paris, are on an away mission on the Delta Flyer. And something's gone horribly wrong. They're stuck in an ion storm, and they crash land on a planet. And not just crash land, like, they, like, embed themselves deep in this planet. It felt Um, like a quicksand planet or something. Yeah, it was rough, and there was no getting out of it. And their ship was slowly dying. So really, the episode, like, not a ton happens. It's mostly about um, the little girl playing with the with the video game and Neelix trying to shield her from the reality that there's a good chance her mom is dead. And it's good in that, you know, like, Neelix is sort of redealing with the death of his family from the, the Metreon Metreon's Cascade. Cascade. So he like he freaks out and he yells at Janeway and he's just not having a great time. Uh, and then the little girl, of course, figures out that oh shit, Neelix has been like lying to me and telling uh-uh. me not tell not telling the whole story. He no. never once lies. Lied by omission, then. Yeah, sure. But she thinks it's a lie, so she kind of runs away and hides in the holodeck and gets her friends to 
tell Neelix to fuck off, but then he explains her, like, listen, I just didn't want you to be scared because I know what it's like to be a kid and I wasn't even a kid when that shit happened but I still fucking hate it so um she's like it's okay Neelix I understand and uh turns out as expected you know if they really wanted us to believe that Samantha Wildman was in jeopardy they wouldn't have put her on the same shuttle with with Tuvok and and, uh Paris because as expected she's rescued and everyone's rescued and everyone's fine and we get to go back and play in the holodeck and have a great time and Janeway also gets to play. See, I knew that they were going to obviously be like found because of the plot immunity of the other two, mm. but she had had internal damage. Mm. So I was almost envisioning like the end of Cujo where they finally like beat the dog, but the kid died in the car, you know? Oh shit. I'm not, I'm not seeing Cujo. Spoilers for Cujo. Yeah, the kid dies because of, like, heat exhaustion and, like, no food and no water for, like, days. Yes, Stephen Stephen King will kill kids. Oh, God, so many kids. Unlike a lot of movies and horror things. So, interestingly, I I looked up these two the other day, uh, Trevis and and Plotter. Clevis and Trevis. And uh, both prolific vat guys, it turns out. Uh, But interestingly, in stuff we brought up before, uh, Louis or Louis Ferreira, I'm not sure which, who... I think he was Trevis. Oh, is he any relation to the guy from RoboCop? What's this? Miguel Ferrara? That's uh, Miguel Ferrar. And, and oh, now. you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, but he was in uh, Man in the High Castle, which I know you have seen. Mm. And the other one has been in For All Mankind. Oh, Love that's it. a good show. Yeah, Flotter was in For All Mankind. Actually, he was also a regular on the Larry Sanders like show. Um, oh, yeah, he's the that guy. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, honestly... Like, get rid of the bulbousness, and that's, he basically just looks like Flotter. Um, <laughs> the monster. Trevis is, is, is... Less familiar. Yeah. Let me see. Well, it's funny. What had um, prompted me to look them up in the first place was for a split second. There was something about Trevis's mouth movements that made me think that it might have been Andy Robinson under there. Oh. <laughs> that would have been funny. I'm, sh- I'm sure... It, it's something you would have been aware of. Yeah. Well, his or voice seen... would have been a giveaway. True. Well, if he maybe, you know, could have put one on, but... They dubbed him. But yeah, they're both... It's actually Jeffrey Combs. And actually, I have seen other photos of, of Flotter from other angles, and he's actually apparently a, a handsome older gentleman. Looks a little less like a fish. Mm. But in that photo, he looks a little more like a fish. Oh, Which God. Which is fitting for a water creature. Yes. I but will Woody, say... Woody, Woody, but he's made out of water. He's not a fish. He's just a true. water creature. Well, that's how a children's thing would do it, though. Yeah, true. I will say, the only thing more terrifying than Flotter, though, was the Flotter plush toy. Oh, yeah. That was pretty rough. Oh, that was terrifying. It's like, yeah, here. This will help you sleep. Or, you know, just give her waking nightmares, one or the other. I don't know. I feel like... If you look back in retrospect at any of the stuff we liked as kids, there are a lot that are going to be fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's just, oof, ooh, it is. Plus, I don't know, I'm, I've never made, really, like, understood Eureka's the... Castle. Fucking nightmare fuel. No, I love cool. Eureka's Castle. Stephen King worked on that. Did he really? I've heard that. I think it's true. I feel like I looked into it once now. I can't remember. I also just do not understand, just in general, like, a soft doll with a hard head. And I know plenty of people make those. They do. Like, they that's do a, a super lot. common thing, and I'm just like... Why? I'm gonna say cost, because it's easy to make a soft body, and it's. But if you want a consistent looking head, mm. you make it out of something that you can create a mold for. Mm, possibly. That's yeah, what I'm gonna that, say. That works for me. But you still want it to be soft to be snuggly. Yeah. So, what a mixed bag this was. 
I expected to hate it because mm. I know I yeah. I heard people hate Flodder. I didn't mind Flodder. It was a kids show thing. It's fine. I I get it. But the all the Neelix stuff was so perfect for his character yep. to go back and project himself onto these situations and say like he's trying to protect Naomi. His heart is in the right place, which is not where Vulcans keep their heart. No. Thank you very much. By the liver. And it seemed so genuine that yeah. he wants to help Naomi, but he's doing it wrong because so he's wrong. been through so much trauma. Yeah. This is why the ship needs a fucking counselor, but we've talked about that every fucking week. Yeah. Mm. yeah that's, for me, it was just like, the, the problem really is that they did the Flutter stuff really well. It's like, yep, this is a bad kid story. Mm-hmm. Like, if I as a kid, I would have loved it, but as an adult, you're just like, <laughs> is it over yet? Yeah. And like, I don't know, I kind of, I liked... I liked Flodder's scenes because the, you know it was it was really well. It's almost like they went to a kids' TV producer to yeah. to learn how to do it because yeah. it was the exact shit that we would get as kids. Like, oh, there's an environmental environmentalism angle that they're yeah. working in there for no fucking reason. Oh, and we're gonna learn about the water cycle. <gasps> well, even the and way Tim you... Curry's playing a an oil slick and it's weirdly <laughs> hot. Oh my. Extremely sexy. And, yeah. So hot. And the two, you know, the two actors under all that, on so much makeup and weird jumpsuits. Like, the movements were exaggerated in just the right ways mm-hmm. and this and that. And it's just like, it's like, yep, you're nailing it. Still don't want to be watching it. <laughs> like, there's, uh, like, this, this episode had a lot of similarities, not just in the holodeck, but with other things. But in the episode where Lawaxana takes Alexander to the holodeck. I think that's new ground. And they have... Think. No, it's um, cost of living. Oh, you're right. Yeah, be- and like because it's another instance where the kid's going through like some serious trauma mm. and Waxana is the wrong person to, to help him through it. Um, uh, the right person. Well, it's, it's like, let's have the... a naked... Let's get naked with this weird floating clown head She's thing. the Timon and Pumbaa to his recently <laughs> scarred Simba and it's just no good. Well, yeah. also, but it's funny because, again, there's also that similar thing. Like, this was the first time we saw her, I think, after Half a Life. And she's clearly still dealing with the impact of that episode. Mm. So again, there's that corollary, correlation, correlation. Thank you with Neelix, who's you know dealing yeah. with his own stuff. Yeah, it seems like this, but I feel like this is a better episode than that episode. I agree. Was. Than it, which episode? Cost of Living. Oh, Cost of Living was terrible. Yeah, and yeah. it had but they're very that similar weird bubblehead bubblehead thing, thing <laughs> yeah, which is very flutter. <laughs> Flodder's better than More that, terrifying. Right? Well, yeah. yeah was good on the Bumblehead guy. Oh, it was great. But, <laughs> but you know, Flodder at least was comprehensible. It was just like, why is this supposed to be entertaining? <laughs> because kids have tiny sponge brains. I love that Naomi figured out, like, oh no, they killed Flodder, but I, because knowledge is a thing that I can possess easily through the doctor, figured out how we can get Flodder back by making him recondense. <laughs> I kind of wonder if that's... Also, what how the story is supposed to go? Yeah, because they're they're kind of educational ish. Yeah, so maybe she would have learned through the story the same sort of lesson eventually somehow, or he would have just come back as a cloud and explained the water cycle exactly, to her. Yeah, they, somewhere <laughs> in the in the create your own adventure of this game, it's it's the if the kid hasn't figured it out, just do it. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that's weird about that is it's like we were talking about this with. Another holodeck episode. Oh, was it the one where Tuvok like writes about like what happens if there's like an insurrection on the ship or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah, that's Seska hijacked. Mm. You like, 
you have to account for the, so the student or for the child to like do this and then like it becomes so much like at what point is the computer taking over and just making assessments like built on like what's in there about the characters yeah, yeah. the characters seem not sapient but at least aware because one of them recognizes Samantha I love though that. she's grown up but this is a holodeck program on the Voyager well where Samantha didn't grow up maybe she, she put her save file yeah in the cloud. she brought her copy I was thinking okay yeah. I, I, just, I like I, I really that. loved that I thought it was a really sweet thing and I we miss, I missed you I missed you too I just thought that Aww, was so that sweet. sweet but yeah I imagine that meant it was her copy of the program specifically like like that flutter wouldn't have recognized mm-hmm. Harry or Janeway yeah it's, a, it's like a it's you know like a hand-me-down toy yeah yeah yeah, it's like a book that when you open it up and you realize, oh, it's got my mom's old, old, what do you call those, like, stickums book, you put in? Oh, like, yeah. Book plate, yeah. Stickums. Yeah. Yeah. Stickums. Mm. Did you really? Yeah. Of course she did. Your, your, mom's, your mom's book plate is in there, but she wrote her name as, you know... Sammy. No, I was going to say, like, I was trying to think of a celebrity from the 70s, like, Mrs. Jane Travolta. <laughs> Um, but like, who would the celebrities be? Like Captain Kirk, Mrs. Exactly. Samantha we, we, Kirk. We don't know loads about civilian entertainment. <laughs> Mrs. So. Admiral Captain, Mrs. the Ad, no Admiral, Mrs. the Admiral Captain Kirk, Doctor Mrs. the Monarch, Doctor Mrs. the Monarch. Yeah. I have to imagine that after she retired from Starfleet, Uhura went into entertainment. The dancer and singer. She's quite good at those. Well, remember in the early drafts of Star Trek Six, she almost became a radio DJ. Uh, I think we already know what happened is that she becomes a professional dominatrix. Pretty sure I covered that in our first fan fiction. <laughs> Links below. <laughs> Fuck watch room to link that. That was like my best. <laughs> like, that's still the fan fiction I'm proudest oh. of. I don't know. The Pulaski maneuver was really good. It was funny. I try. Oh, so this is our, our new Naomi because it's, yes. she's older than the other Naomi. And we're going to see her for most of the rest of the season, even though I'm pretty sure they wanted they, they expected it to be a one and done. She ends up popping up a lot from I here enough, doesn't she? Yeah, I think she. I think this actress remains Naomi mm. throughout the show. I mean, she wasn't I, bad for a child actor. Yeah, she was no, fine. She's, good. she's, she's a lot fine. better than, than a lot of the other kids that age. Especially, like, especially, Alexander. it's weird, right, because she has to <laughs> portray... Any of the little rascals or whatever the fuck they were what, called. probably, the actress is probably, what, six or seven or eight, I don't uh, know. Nah. But she's portraying a two-year-old. Well, but see, because but she's part something or other. Katarian or Doodly, doodly. You know, Katarian eggs. So very like Alexander in that yeah. way. Yeah, very much. Yeah, but like... I don't know. It's yeah, a, again, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think the actress does a good job. Yeah, again, I think like with the whole children's story thing, I felt like she was a very convincing child. I just find kids annoying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that she's utterly terrified of uh, Borgs, but nothing in the holodeck. Mm. Well, because Borg are real. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I think... she knows the safeties are on. <gasps> I expected her to turn the safeties off when she came in. It was like, Solana last week. Stra- a little strange to me, though, that she's suspicious of Seven in particular, considering she's known or been around Seven in one way or another for like most of her life. Most of her life. Well, because she's scary and standoffish. Well, here's the thing. Kids don't have their own prejudices, so I think it means that Samantha is a really huge anti-Borg racist. Or, yes. or Balana's babysatter once or twice. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yep. Yep, that could do it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because she's like, 
She's like, oh, it's the Borg lady, and, and she'll assimilate you into her collective. And it's like, there's no other kids on board. Mm. So it's not like that. Like, I can understand, like, schoolyard kids being, like, you know, having a rhyme about seven of nine <laughs> takes your brain and sticks it in a jar, and then she runs over your body with her car and whatever. <laughs> That, isn't that um, Rapture by Blondie? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it, it could be. I feel like she totally could have just gone to the EMH one day and been like, so what's the deal with 7-9? It's like, oh, she's a Borg. It's like, what's that? She'll assimilate you into her collective. Or, right, he, and then he is just like way too honest about what the Borg are to a small child. Mm. And that just slightly traumatized her. Yeah, the but like, is, she like, basically had to have, somebody had to have put that knowledge into her that the Borg are, are bad. But she spends a lot of time with her godfather, Neelix, yeah. who's... You know, very accepting of everybody, and it's yeah. probably and if there's anybody who's going to defend Seven, it's going to be Neelix. Yeah, you know what it is. Uh, before they set up, they forgot to set up parental controls. So like now, all she can turn on is Flotter, but she turned on like Wolf. a reenactment of Wolf Three Five Nine. Yeah, or you know, she turned on like War Games, and was like, ah, like in Call of Duty, Borg. <laughs> Call of Duty Four Hundred and Thirty Eight. Yeah. Borg attacks. I bet you there the is eugenics wars. Holodeck Borg assimilation porn. That's kind of what I where God. I thought that he was going. Yeah. Like using no. their little gross tubes to assimilate you, yeah. but going in through Wolf, the lady Wolf bits. Three six oh, no. nine. <laughs> there that's it is. I like that's that. the one. Make that movie. No, don't make. No, that no, movie. Jesus. Don't make Christmas. that movie. I mean, make it. Mm. Tell someone someone in the industry to make it. and then Or just it write it. You know, we got more fanfic every year, so I'd read it. Shit, maybe I should write it. No. No, one, that one, way leads madness. One thing this episode seemed to be missing a bit. Um, so since we've got three people trapped, presumably dead or dying quickly mm. in, in a shuttle pod, um, is anything from Torres... Who yeah. is you know who whose significant other is is near death? Tom and even look, does the video tour. The problem the, the problem is is that Janeway also put Neelix in charge of telling Tom, <laughs> and Tom is like, you mean it, it, no, oh yeah yeah sorry Belana, and oh it's not as funny if I do it that way, and Belana keeps <laughs> being like, when's Tom coming home? You think he's okay? And Neelix is like. Oh, I'm we sure haven't heard, fine. but I'm sure it's fine. No, you know, it's, it's Balan. He's like, oh, all right then. Yeah. I'm mad at him this week anyway. I he mean, this is... Spent too much time on fucking Captain Proton. I feel like this is like the start of the, the sidelining of Torres. <gasps> oh, no. She I loves, love Torres. Because, like, we just don't... Like, she should have been... She should have been way more involved in this episode. She wasn't involved at all in the last episode, either. No, you're right. Well, maybe she should have been nicer nicer to Seven. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I did love uh, Tom's message to Torres. I got mildly misty-eyed watching that. Like, oh, that's very sweet, Tom. And he's keeping it, you know, semi-upbeat. He makes a joke about the computer counting down when he's going to die. Dying, yeah. And I thought, oh, that's just, that's very nice. And Tuvok also had a really, really great scene with Samantha where they're mm. talking about your your child will be okay because you raised them to, you know, have the, the, the kind of values you have and, you know, they'll understand and this kind of thing. Like Tuvok saying, you know, I've been away from my family this whole time, but I trust that they're okay and you know, they get it. Did everyone, uh, did everyone notice when he uh, psychically told Tom yes? 
or whatever it was. What? About what? There, there's a moment where uh, where they're doing oh. like, some repairs, and Tom's like, ready to walk, and Dwight's like, ready. But the problem is he clearly hadn't said anything on the day. He just nods, and they really badly ADR'd his response oh, in. Oh, did they? And the camera has not panned away. You can see that all Tim Russ does is a little nod. And also the sound quality of the recorded line wasn't meshed as well. It's, it's not quite amusing. So here's the thing, though, right? So they're on the shuttle, mm-hmm. or the Delta Flyer, which is be- better than a shuttle, bigger. The SUV of shuttles. If We've they... had it for two weeks and already destroyed it. Yeah, they've, but they've been using it a lot. Like, yes. Because they use it in the last episode and this one. So it's going to show up a lot. But anyway, do they not pack EV suits on this thing? Because as we know, you can survive basically indefinitely <laughs> in an EV suit. So well, they depends all on they had the to episode. do is put those on. And then... In Demon, you can, but in the one where Tom and Bolana, Tom and Torres are lost keep mismatching. Yeah, but there was Paris a... and Torres. But in that one, there was like a, a like a big hole in the suit, <laughs> a baseball sized <laughs> hole like, in the suit. Yeah, all you got, you know, just you got your backup supply, and you can be there for for days. My answer is no. They didn't pack EV suits. <laughs> No, the problem is, you know what it was, is, is Tom had packed, like, vintage 20th century style <laughs> space suits. Like, Yay. God damn it, Tom, these are useless. He's got his Captain Proton outfit. It's very <laughs> cute. He's actually got one of those fucking 1930s fishbowl helmets. <laughs> Lieutenant, you understand this isn't actually airtight. Ah, shit. But it looks so cool. It instead of, ah, shit, he just goes, <gasps> <sighs> Tuvok snaps, rips one of the, like, metal handlebars out of the thing. They're wailing on him with it. I want to know why people give uh, Riker so much shit about his joystick when Tom literally has fucking joysticks as his joystick and it's yeah. obnoxious. I think it's because Riker's pops up out of nowhere. And oh, it's somehow... He's never got any control And also, like, that Riker's thing. is legit, like, a joystick you could go and buy yeah, from USA. It was a recognizable... Like, people have identified exactly what joystick it was. Unlike Tom's, which obviously got ripped from any 80s arcade cabinet But the thing is, ever. He's, he's admitting his is, like, modeled after the Captain Proton and chintzy stuff. it's just... Dumb. It's also, like, in the middle of what's supposed to be a kind of dramatic scene in the movie. Like, it, yeah, everything about that film's terrible. No, you are fucking lying, Chris. Which film? Insurrection. Which one's that again? F. Murray Abraham. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not Picard good. gets his, his head polished. <laughs> Data asks about boobs. Oh, yeah, the one about the gravity of their tits or whatever. Data's pants inflate because he can be used as as a flotation Flotation device device. in the event of a water landing. Definitely feeling aggressive tendencies, sir. I'd like to do a water landing in his pants. Nice. (laughs) No, not nice. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, It kind of does. Oh, okay. Okay, yes, you're right. Speaking of water, back to Bags of sand. Uh, I had a thing I was going to say and I've lost it. Was it actually about Flotter? Uh, no, I was going to bring up Neelix again, because why not? Because Neelix's little message to Elixia was so sweet. Oh, yeah. That I was... loved him so much in this episode. I'm not going to shit on Neelix anymore. Until the next time he until, until he, Yeah, until he does something again, which the, he will. The <laughs> one real bummer was that was such a well-done scene. But then right in front of to... Naomi. <laughs> well, not just that. I was, wait- I was waiting for that to be what it was. Like, she looks around the corner like, that's how she finds out? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, too. I'm, see, her mother's basically dead. Like, I, I, that feet away. didn't happen, and, but what I was... The bummer was the fact that they clearly didn't have a photo of that actress in the makeup. Oh. So it was just a really yeah. awkward still from her one appearance, and you're just like, oh, maybe you just shouldn't have shown the photo at all? Yeah. 
But yes, the scene up until that point, again, it, all the stuff with Neelix and his being so sad was very well done. As a, you know, again, mm-hmm. doing the two things that are consistent: Chakotay and Neelix is sad. <laughs> yeah, I also I thought it was interesting how he had so he has the nightmare mm. about oh yeah the Metreon cascade and it looks very similar to the fire ogre destroying the forest. I assume that was on purpose. Oh, I know, I know, exactly. I just thought that was I thought that yeah. was well done. I got very angry because in my stupid book, the Delta Quadrant book, which is it doesn't even continue much further than this because he wrote it mid mid series like a fool. <clears throat> One of the things he didn't like from this episode was, oh, the Metreon Cascade looked really terrible, didn't it? I'm like, A, it's a dream. It's supposed to be Helix interpreting a dream because he's, you know, stressed out. Yeah, he wasn't even there for the exactly. Metreon Cascade. Yeah. He doesn't know what it looks this like. This is what he's picturing as a because he doesn't know what happened to his family, which is the whole point of his mm. fucking speech. But also, like, Jake's point is perfect because it, the whole lighting the great forest thingy, what's it actually called? The Forest of Forever on Fire. Is very triggering to him. Yeah, yeah. The guy that wrote that book was no, clearly an idiot. A lot of the stuff you brought up, he's like, "Guy's an idiot." <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was well done. Yeah, and I love the scene with Neelix and Janeway where he basically yells at her and's yeah. like, "Don't fucking tell me how to how to raise my daughter." <laughs> I mean, for that matter, the when he finally tells Naomi what's going on. And she asks him, why didn't you tell me before? Or she, she, she asks some question, I forget what, what it was. And he doesn't respond by just answering the question with, you know, because I was scared of something or because I didn't know how to tell you or whatever. He responds by telling the story of how he lost his family. Yeah. Which is the perfect way to frame that to a kid who doesn't understand this kind of stuff. Yeah. Is to make it something personal. And that was great. Also, I'm liking this episode more and more now that we talk about it. Yeah, well, again, all of his stuff is really quite good. Yeah. Also, he brings up the most sensible point ever that we all said constantly during TNG. A starship is no place for children. Seriously. Inform galaxy class, please. <laughs> yes. Get all the damn civilians off. Use the extra space for, I don't know, more labs or holodecks or... Um, EV suits. EV suits. <laughs> for Tom, specifically. Something. Admittedly, that wasn't the plan here. You know, lost in space and all that, but still. Yeah. They needed They needed there to be steaks, all the thing, etc., etc. steaks. Mm. Delicious. <clears throat> no segue. I'm going to tell you what the original story was. Yay! Because, boy, it was very different and I kind of still want it. The original plan, it was going to be, you know, a, a, a story that takes place entirely on the holodeck. It might have still been the flatter story with Naomi. Who knows? Would have been almost entirely on the holodeck. and But you would get, like, glimpses of the fact that there's a war going on on the outside. Hmm. And I think it would be like a, you know, sheltering Naomi in the holodeck so she doesn't really see the war because it's scary. Ah. But you every so often get like bits of what the story is with this war that's happening and how, you know, oh, so-and-so just, you know, launched the new torpedo thing and we blew one of them up, but oh God, now we're under attack and stuff like that, which is a great device for telling a story. And I kind of wish it happened. But hmm. they said, oh, Deep Space Nine is doing Dominion War right oh, now, Jesus so we can't Christ. we can't do another one. What do you guys think we are? Some kind of sci-fi show? 
Well, I feel like a lot of people's complaints about Deep Space Nine is that they were so entrenched in, like, the whole war thing and not as Star Trekky as people wanted. So maybe they were afraid to, like, make another show. But this would be a one-off episode. I the war know. takes so much of uh, the final couple seasons of Deep Space Nine. I don't know, man. People are dumb. True. Yeah. Especially Rick Berman. So Samantha Wildman is a xenobiologist, I believe. Sure. I think it's that's the first thing we learned about her. Mm-hmm. She's also a geologist. Apparently she's also an engineer and a geologist and whatever the hell else they need to need her to be on the... But on she's the not a bricklayer, goddammit. <laughs> she's general science. Basically. Jill Nye the science girl. That was a joke on um, Prodigy this week. What was... That there's more. Oh, than oh science. Okay. Not, not Jill Nye the. Science yeah, that's girl. right. Yeah, I was yeah. like, it was. <laughs> I, was like, that, that, I watched that episode. I don't remember. It that was at actually all. a nice acknowledgement of that all too common issue in all sorts of media. It's yeah. just like when someone's a scientist, they are everything. Yeah. And then it's like, no, no, there's there's so many disciplines. Well, and you've got that bastard Bill Nye to thank for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a good episode of Prodigy. Yeah. I love that show. Also, Chris reminded me that the kid playing, the person playing Rock is actually a child. Yeah. How old is she? 11. Really? Yeah. Isn't she amazing? her and holy shit. Yep. I, I, this makes me, I, it makes me appreciate her even more because she really does a great job. Anything, anything else? Why can kids just wander onto the bridge? Yeah, well, oh, yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when she, we were when she went into the, into the elevator and was like, deck one, bridge, I was like, no, the the elevator is going to say no can do. But then, how often did people just wander on the bridge exactly. in TNG? Yeah. All the time. That one, that one kid was able to get into the shuttle bay, no problem. Like, oh, Jesus. that kid, Jake, who nearly died in yeah. some kind of stupid thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was not a surprise that she got on the bridge. Of course she got on the bridge. I will say, I'm very grateful, though. I was really afraid when we popped up. You know, it's once upon a time, and we're on the holodeck with that nightmare fishwater man. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, is this going to be a holodeck malfunction? Are they going to become sentient? <gasps> Are they going to, like, what's going to happen the here? The safety controls get disabled, and she has to escape from a tree monster. Yeah, I was really worried it was going to be, like, <laughs> that. So I'm grateful it was not that. So grateful. I love that Janeway flooded the forest of forever when she was a kid. That was good. That was a, that was so Janeway, it's not even funny. Like, it's it's well, the child version of blowing, blowing up, up the, the ship. ship. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Self-destruct this force. Uh, God. So, uh, I feel like we brought up Luxana at least once or twice. Boy, didn't we? <laughs> so for some reason, Ames was like, hey, do you want to do this thing? And I was like, yeah. And I don't I know why off. I said that. <laughs> But I did, and the thing that I said that I would do is talk about Loxana. Whom we love. Whom I love. Well, as I recall, like, in the beginning, I didn't. I hated her. She was annoying. She goes from absolutely annoying to, like, one of my favorite characters, uh, somewhere around, somewhere around, let me think, Half-Alive. Yes. Yeah, now that's... That is exactly Exactly where they treated her as a human being and not, like, a mother-in-law trope. Yeah. But the whole time they treated her like a fucking fashion icon. That is true. So, Luloxana Troy, daughter of the fifth house, holder of the sacred chalice of Rix, heir to the holy rings of Beta Zed, and mother of Troy, whose real name I can't think of right now. What's her first name? Deanna. Yeah, that's it. Deanna. Good old, good old Deanna Troy. So, basically, this is just sort of focusing on the beauty and majesty of the clothing of Luloxana. She's a fucking fashion icon, and a feminist icon, and just an icon in general. My slides are not good. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. 
whatever. Where can uh, we? Where can everybody else see these slides? Oh, nowhere, because they're not fit to consume. But <laughs> I guess they'll probably be on Tumblr at some point. Unfortunately for you guys. So what I did, well, actually, so all most of most of the stuff that you see is basically Ames did it. Ames pulled a bunch of shots for me, and all I had to do was go, "Ooh, I like that one. I like that one. I like that one." I wanted to try to like think of categories for Luoxana, mm. like you know, five out of five stars for like you know color and fit and like the audacity and i feel like fucking bling of it all yeah and accessories for sure makeup i mean these are all things that we need to look at for loxana because the more more time i spent not that i spent a lot of time i'm sorry but the more time i spent looking at it the more i kept noticing like little things like little it isn't just the outfits the outfits themselves are always insane and over the top but like she often has really bold statement piece jewelry. Her she's got her um, her wonderful and sometimes awful collection of wigs in Deep Space Nine. Mostly she's just fantastic. Um, so the first episode that we see Luoxana in is Haven, and we see two distinct looks. Which honestly, if you hadn't given me two sets of slides, I wouldn't have noticed because they're so so similar. The outfits, at least to oh, me. Oh yeah, because they're red. Like, yeah, they're red. Both, red both is both her red. color this episode. It is, and it really suits her. And I like that. Like on our. first first time seeing her we've got this like beautiful she's got like a diadem or a tiara or a crown or mm-hmm. a, i don't even know what you would call this but she's got this really beautiful headpiece and i think this is probably her natural hair i feel like a I'm lot of time it. well i don't think they use natural hair on any of the women ever in these shows well, let me put it a different way i feel like this is the way we see her in a lot when maybe we're supposed to believe it's her natural hair okay. because oh, we do Luxana's see his natural hair not right, major. right, right. Got walks okay. his natural hair. I follow you now. Because, like, you know, we see her with this, like, glorious white wig later and a pink wig and this big, goofy dog haircut wig. <laughs> so there are ones that are obviously wigs, but I feel like, in character, this is her hair. Gotcha. And I really like, I love everything about this look. I, I guess, like, at the end, we can talk about, like, which ones we like best and stuff. But, like, I love... Uh, naked, obviously. Well... You gave me that screenshot. I, I have did. it. <laughs> Same. But the first time we meet her, this is the episode Haven. She's come to the Enterprise to, I guess, make Loxana get married to somebody that she promised Deanna. her to. What did I say? Loxana? Deanna. Jesus Christ. She's like, guess what? You're gonna, your husband's coming. It's your future husband. So let's meet him. And Deanna's like, mom, why don't you have an accent? And Loxana's like, look at my clothing. <laughs> um, but this is like, it's our first look at Luoxana, she's fabulous. She's covered in sequins. I love the elegance of the long dress. I love, and again, like, I didn't get, like, a super good look at her earrings in this one. But, like, her, oh, no, here we go. You can see that it, like, matches, like, her crown perfectly. Like, she's she's always just very well put together. So that's the first look in Haven. And the second look, like I said, I almost didn't notice that it was a different outfit because I'm not good at... This was a really good one for me to do because I don't notice aesthetics very much. So I was like, oh yeah, there is a different look. It's a similar color pattern and I think we reuse this necklace. Oh no, I'm lying. Okay, we don't at all. Anyway, we've got a similar color pattern here. We've got the red and the purples going again. She actually upped her makeup game. I think because this is like an evening thing where like sort of like schmoozing. I think this might be... Is this one where they have the dinner and they gave... um... Tasha Yar, that great haircut. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so everybody, yeah, everyone's all gussied up for that. Everybody looks beautiful. I love the plunging The back. back. It's so good. And this would be the five stars for Audacity. Because you turn around, she turns around, and it's like I can almost see butt crack. <laughs> but again, how old was she at this point? 
Oh, I don't know. Like in her fifties, at, at least. least. In her 50s, yeah. This bitch looks hot. Like, she was part in, of the. Yeah, she was in TOS. She's not a young lady. No, she's not, and she's rocking it. She's always gorgeous. And again, we don't really like her at this point of the show, and we won't for a while. Yeah, she because... comes in saying, "Deanna, get married against your will." And, and then the like, next time you, we mom. see her, she's just like on the search for some dick. That's kind of Luxana's main theme is looking for dick, but then. <laughs> She finds meaningful dick, and again, that's when it all changes, because then it goes from just, like, sex-hungry Luwaxana to, like, actually having deep emotional connections to people Luwaxana. I particularly also love this, like, feathered piece that she has in her hair here, this fascinator that she has going on. Mm. Strikes me as being, like, I don't know, like, early 20th century somehow. Yeah. Like, she's going to a speakeasy. It's like the 24th century interpreting a flapper. I love it. Also, apparently that mirror made on Vulcan. Because it's the same shape as their gongs. Mm. Yeah. My favorite piece about this look is the living plant that she wraps around her arm. That annoys people at the dinner. Oh, I, I love forgot that picture. about that. Isn't it there's great? A, there's a picture where the woman next to her is looking at her like, what the fuck? <laughs> but again, the audacity. Yeah. It's what makes Luwaxana Luwaxana. Well, anyway, so that's it for Haven. First time we see her, we love her. Second episode is Manhunt. And that is we have amazing. upped the fucking audacity. This is one of my favorite outfits. I love it. Again, it's this stately gown, floor length, sequence. Yeah, so many titties. <laughs> this like, is if the last one with the feather was like Star Trek does flapper. This is save the incredible amount of cleavage, which this would not be. But Star Trek does Disney princess. <laughs> Again, yeah, Disney princess would have less less yeah. cleavage happening, well, but aside from that, and then one of the younger, like a younger princess would have it though. They still don't general well mm. here and there. Yeah, Jasmine is like completely naked. She has like a bikini top on. Ariel's wearing seashells. seashells. But they, 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 seashells? there's bosom, but there's never cle- well, not never, but there's less cleavage. Well, anyway, whatever. Mm. Ursula. Oh, Ursula. She uses oh, body language. She's a bad guy. Bad guys are allowed to be sexy. Got it. Like Hexus. Yeah. From he had cleavage. I'm just kidding. Actually, did well, he no, have but he did. Butt chin? No. Uh, yes. And Luxana. Luxana. So, manhunt. Luxana's on a manhunt, mm-hmm. as it turns out. And she's set her sights on Jean Luc Picard. Well, at least for the beginning. Oh, this is where they get stuck in his fucking Dixon Hill program, isn't it? Yes. And they gotta, like, he's gotta do that stupid speech at the end. I think so. Yeah, okay. I remember this one now. And, and Luxana tries to fuck a hologram. Yep. She doesn't realize it's a hologram until yep. afterwards. Yeah, she somehow never heard of a holodeck. It, yeah. <laughs> and you would think that she would definitely be successful with a hologram. I think she was the thing. Yeah, I think that's right. Anyway, love this look. It's beautiful. And then we get this great, like, welcome to my lair, I'm going <laughs> to seduce you look. Which I feel like in some ways has shades of um, Deanna and that episode where, like, she's gone kind of evil and trying to fuck The guy's sucking the life out of her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like she's kind of, I feel like this is almost like foreshadowing to that in a way. But it's beautiful evening wear. It's definitely more understated. Mm -hmm. And again, we've got great jewelry. I love this, like, this, like, statement piece ring she's got. That's a big ring. Beautiful red lip. I mean, I'd do her. I mean, I would do her anyway. But this is this would work for me. My favorite still that you, that Ames sent me was this one, <laughs> where we've got Luxana giving Jean Luc a little foot on the leg. Which how could you resist? And again, this gives us a much better look at just this plunging neckline. Like mm-hmm. how Jean Luc is able to not is beyond me. Because he is afraid of sex, like hmm. many Englishmen. I don't know, um, Vash. Frenchman. 
This is before or after that. I think this is before Bash. Mm. This is early. I he's think. in his dress uniform for some reason. I don't remember why. Because she's, I think there is an ambassador. Okay, so it's a formal dinner. This might be a formal dinner, yeah. Or she said it was going to be. <laughs> she looks like she dressed down a little. Mm. I think that's all I had for this one. Oh, God, is oh, this the, is the Ferengi episode, one? Though. Oh, is it? I thought Menage Troy was the Ferengi one. That is yeah, it Ferengi is, one. it is. I thought this was that one, but... No, this is what... I think this is... I think this is what she wears when she goes and fucks that bartender in the holodeck. Oh, okay. Oh, that's probably this. We actually have two looks here. Yeah. They're um, both gorgeous. Yeah, I love this one because it's sort of like the first time that she gets a, like a full color spectrum because I feel like she's really been doing like one at a time. Whereas on this dress... It's everything. She's just everything. This reminds and, me of Christmas. Well, yeah, she it. looks like she's been gift wrapped. These, she's oh, sort yeah. of got like Christmas bows. I've been saving these for years. <laughs> See, I, I saw it more as like kind of like almost a um, again like her her kid, the goddess of empathy outfit. Like there's a semi toga look with like a sash of flowers, mm. sort of. But yes, I could also see Christmas. Yeah, I think my grandparents pretty. had garland that was this exact pattern. That would be pretty, though, on a tree. That would really sit out and be lovely. And I like this, too. She looks like she's got these earrings here, which I would guess are like a vanterine or something. They're really pretty. Or turquoise or something. A little understated for her. Really pretty. And then this one is like the fucking... This is like what the evil stepmother, to go back to Disney, like this is what the evil stepmother wears to the ball. Yeah, it's Do like a Cruella like... DeVille look that isn't made of puppies. I, I don't... But she's got that Christmas look again here too because <laughs> these things on her shoulders look like gigantic, just humongous gift wrap bows. This one I have to admit I'm not super keen on. Just again, the puppy sleeves are way too 80s prom dress. Big time 80s, yeah. It's... Like, the rest of it's fine, but I don't like the puppy sleeve. If, uh... If Kim Basinger was with her in her dress that she wears to Wayne Manor, yep. you'd be like, get together, girls, time for prom. Yep, but again, exactly. I like the color. The color suits bright color. her. Yeah, bright, bright violet color. But I feel or purple. More purple. I feel like she's got big time old lady perm in this one, though, which I don't mm. feel like is very Loxana. Mm. I, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like the hair is good. The hair just makes me think like she's a golden girl, but like <laughs> not in a good way. <laughs> If there is a bad way. Blanche in space. They found they found the bad way. They did. This is Menage Troy. That's a good dress. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, because it's a Ferengi right there. Yep, there he is. A lot of she's titty. Gonna, she's going to perform accidental, yeah. accidental umocks later. The cleavage cut in the in the Menage, Tro- Menage Troy dress is gorgeous. It is. And I really actually, I love the neck too. Like, I really like a kind of a higher neck with like that sort of titty window. I have a couple dresses like that that I'm like sort of obsessed with. <laughs> And again, sequins, sequins, sequins. Like, every part of her glitters all the time, and I love that about her. Again, really good makeup game in this one. I like the colors and the shadows, because a lot of the time, like, I feel like most TV show makeup, it's kind of meant to look natural. Like, Mm. you don't get a lot of these, like, I'm doing this to be, like, editorial or artistic looks, but she gets to fucking play with all the colors because she's Luoxana Troy. The, fashion the, icon. The sheer disdain directed to her is that fucking toad. And rightly <laughs> so. Oh, the picnic dress. Yeah, we're going on a picnic, but we're bringing lots and lots. This, honestly, this bodice, this outfit I actually kind of hate. Because they, like, took a dress, and they took an underbust corset, and they glued a bunch of, like, 
really uncomfortable rhinestone shit beads to like a bra. Yeah, it looks really heavy on the yes. I feel like it would be if it's got the beading all the way up to like under her arm, it probably is chafing like crap. Ooh, true. Like it looks super uncomfortable. Yeah. It's pretty and again, 80s, we've got super duper huge shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. But hey, the by flag in their armpit there. Yeah. The whole outfit is ba- that's the color scheme of this outfit is the by flag. That's true. Waxana says by erasure is bullshit. Yeah. I love the the shoulders covered with flowers. That's gorgeous. But yeah, the the corset the corset thing on this is strange. Yeah, I just don't get why they bothered with that. It like makes I feel her like it's saggy. It, it, yeah, it, it kind of looks like they were trying to do like a flamenco dancer's outfit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking with the sleeves. But I just feel like the corset looks like they just slapped it on. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel... Well, it's interesting, because I noticed with the last one, too, like, her uh, all her previous outfits were just kind of allowed to drape on her more naturally. This one and the previous one seemed to actually have some, like, shape, extra cinching at the waist. Well, she's on a manhunt, Chris. Mm. Though, I mean, honestly, wear that backlist number if you're on a manhunt. That'll have them running. Yeah. Or walking slowly to enjoy the view. Either way. (laughs) I do like the sort of hair piece she has with the flowers, and I like it from the front here, too, where you can just sort of see a little bit of these pretty flowers poking up for the back. Like, again, that on its own is pretty good. The rest of it I don't love. Yeah, anything below the shoulders, less good. Except, well, except for the boobs, they're good, but I'm sure (laughs) she's uncomfortable. I love this one. This dress is so great. I love that it's a green scheme. I love our sort of, like, transparent, translucent. Yeah, translucent. Like, diaphanous. Would you call it? I don't know. And I don't know. Exactly. I, again, cleavage. Again, big eye makeup. Beautiful red lip. She always has a great red lip. And I just love this little capelet situation she has. Like, I don't know. It just, it really. And I gotta say, though, you know, wasn't this picked out for her by the Ferengi that kidnapped her? Does he actually have some taste? Doesn't I mean listen, if Quark is anybody to judge by, Ferengis do have excellent taste. The only person who has maybe more and more exciting costuming than Loaxana, I feel like, is Quark. He's the yeah. only one that one comes day, close. One day we may look at Quark costumes, but the, that's gonna be real hard because he, he does he, he repeats them a lot. It's also gonna have to be fifteen parts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> even with repetition he has Well, you so could do many. you could do it season by season. There maybe, we go. yeah. The other um, thing I love in this one, she's got this little headbandy thing going along, yeah. going oh, yeah. on yeah, that nice. matches her earrings. Yep. Oh, it does. Look at that. Yeah, no, she does a lot of matchy match. It's beautiful, and I really like the bead and sequence work on the um, on the like sleeves. It's I think it's I don't know if it's viney. It kind of reminds me of viney. She has a lot of like natural stuff that gets woven into her. Yeah, they, I, I've seen these all together. They they definitely try to do like a floral thing with her frequently. Kind of gives her a more yeah. goddessy feel. She I looks feel like, like she, she walks just... out of a greenhouse. The they most went fabulous greenhouse. They did go really heavy on the rouge in this one, with the she's just very red. The blush is a little too much on this, but that's how that the was, Ferengi wanted her. Maybe uh, also, I think was that kind of a look at the time, like early nineties. Well, I mean, maybe, I but like, I don't feel like I feel like most of the rest of the time they do a good job, and here it just looks like she's got rosacea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, new episode. Wow, this is like almost subdued. I know Vulcan look to it with almost almost hints of like kind of trying to do a sorry without going full sorry mm. so half a life of course is the episode that made me fall in love with Loxana Troy 
It's the episode where she falls in love with the scientist and they find out that because he's almost like 60 or something that it's time for him to commit ritual suicide as is tradition on his planet, which is, it's Resolution, I think they said it's called. Something, like, something that. like that. It's terrible. It's Awful terrible. People. And they're, and it's like, you. this is great because I feel like you really finally see like that Waxana is actually like a really caring, compassionate person. And yeah, she definitely goes from just being... Like a sex hungry, crazy person to like an actual character. I suppose that's probably why this is one of the most subdued outfits they've ever put her in. It's like yeah. we, we need her to do some dramatic heavy lifting this time. So let's. Uh... Yeah, it's almost like more of a mature look. It is. Yeah. The colors are lovely. Yeah, they it's are beautiful, and I love the sort of like multicolored sash that she has. The blue yeah. of the dress is gorgeous. Thankfully, no ridiculous shoulder pads in this one. <laughs> but again, we've got we're given great earring. Yep. She always has really nice dangly earrings, and these are gorgeous, but you mm-hmm. definitely have, like, this feels very, like, whether she's there as an ambassador or not, I really don't remember, but she always is an ambassador. Like, this feels like I'm Ambassador gonna... Loaxana. And that picture of her talking to Picard, I think it's the most she has ever actually looked like Marina Sirtis. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. But she's got a lot of costumes in this one. She mm. does, yeah. Here we have this really nice... Again, with the, like, flowing sleeves. This one's kind of reminds me a little bit, like you were saying, a little bit toga-ish in a way. Yeah, Romanish look. Romanish look. She's got this great blue outfit. We've got some good dip in the front. We've got some good dip in the back. We have our nice, like, I don't even know what we'd call them, an epaulette, but that's not right. Grommets? I don't know. (laughs) Not a lot of, but, like, again, though, here, though, really understated. No jewelry. She's not as, like, this is... Well, it looks like she might still be getting ready. Yeah. Mr. Holmes got something in his arms and her It looks like he's got her, uh, her menage a Troy outfit. Yeah, yeah. She kept it. Well, they didn't let Mr. Holm dress up this time, though. He's not in his usual gray suit thing. Yeah, he's got the flamenco dancer. He looks like thing. he's got like a Chinese lantern on his arm. Hmm. <clears throat> oh yeah, I remember this this like very magenta-y dress. Yeah. Because it appears again either later in the episode or in another episode. I love this one because it's kind of like again, it's definitely more understated. Mm-hmm. It's like darker as it like feels like is correct for this like scene in this episode. Yeah. But she's still got she's still got her walks on a flare. She's got some shine. She's got some earrings. Well, this is, I, don't know that, I doubt it was on purpose, but just the way the light sort of works on the shiny bit, it yeah. kind of like is a, uh, is a reminiscent of the weird patterning on his head, even. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know if that was on purpose or just a delightful coincidence. It does work, though. Yeah. And I love them together. Like, this episode is so heartbreaking. Oh, God, yeah, it is. Because you feel like she finally really feels something real. Like, so much of her character feels like just desperation not to be alone. And in this episode, you're like, actually, maybe it's just desperation to actually be loved. And you feel like she finally found it. And it's just too bad. It kind of, you know, like, her first husband died young, clearly. Did did he die? Was he killed? Did they ever say what it was? Troy's dad? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't remember. Like, was he killed in action? Or was it just, like, some disease? Or... But either way, it can be tough if you, know, if you have someone you really love and then they, you lose them and then it's just like, you maybe spend a long time drifting before you find someone who makes you feel that way again. You thought you never would. And of course, it's David Ogden Steers from a <laughs> shitty planet of shitty people. Well, that's all right. Well, Oksana is... is and awful. She's allowed to have as much rebound sex as she wants. Well, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it, it feels realistic, you know? Yeah. That maybe she just kind of floated around with it. She's like, it's, I'm never going to feel the way again I did as about... Mr. Mr. Troy. Troy. <laughs> Did we ever get his a- first name? Achilles. 
Thank really. Fuck you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought that was because Troy. Oh my god. Right. I should have. Yeah. This fucking monstrosity. I I think this is in her room or his room. I think this is just one of his robes. Is this the, the like a point a post post fuck look? I think so. But I'm hoping that this is just one of his like you know how there's always that look of like the woman in like the t shirt and panties, but yeah, it's like the yeah. guy's oversized. This that's the, I'm deciding that that's what this is. There's no way she owns this piece of clothing unless it's super comfy. And she doesn't show it to anybody except Timison because she knows it's not how she likes to present herself to the world. That's true, because like, we know she does that with Odo, too. She takes off the wig and yeah. is like, yeah, well, not everybody accepts me either, so. Yeah, maybe. Uh, either way, I hate it. <laughs> it just looks really dumpy. I mean, she's probably, like you said, it's probably super comfortable, but. Yeah, that's the that's thing. If you're just in bed, you're not trying to. Well, also, and uh, that way, it's super realistic. Yeah. Ian Andrew Troy. Yes, you're right, because that's what Troy named the child and the child after. Yeah, Andrew, right? Or she Ian, Ian. I think it was Ian. I think oh, it was Ian Andrew. Yeah. Helen of. Hel- thank you, Jake. <laughs> the thing I also like think is very interesting about the waking up the next morning look is it's the one time we see her without makeup. Right. And it's, well, it's without makeup. But yeah. Well, yeah, without without Luwakasana makeup. It's probably just, you know, show, TV, just yeah. show makeup. TV makeup version of Woke up no like makeup. this makeup, yeah. basically. <laughs> Also, Memory Alpha does not specify a cause of death, so I assume that oh, means really? the show. They said it was sudden, but not hmm. specified, so. Transporter mm, accident. Can't wait for us to get the prequel story about no! that. No! No, I won't. Don't even joke. I'm sorry. Universal hear you. It's going to be in Picard it's too late. season three. Oh, gross, probably. And it's definitely a very vulnerable look. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, without the makeup and without all the. Well, this is boning and shapewear and sparkles. Yeah, and I haven't watched this one in a while, but I imagine this was probably their big kind of. Where she's trying to convince him to just not give in to this idiot tradition for jerks. Those jerks. And then this is the final outfit, which feels, again, very, like, stately. But the cut of it actually makes me think of, like, I don't know, like, female warrior armor. Like, I feel like mm. she's, pre- like, this feels like a very protective look because she's going, oh, no, wait, that's, is that the... Just kidding. That's this one. This one feels that way. This one is sort of not, but it's also, again, understated, dark clothing, not her usual shine. Yeah, I don't usually think of her in brown. No. She's got this great yeah, turquoise terrific. belt piece the here belt in the great. middle, which is great. And I really like whatever, like, this little... I don't even know what you... This is the real problem. I don't know shit for fashion. <laughs> it's like, like they, I like these wings they put on her shoulders. Those are nice. It's like they took the sleeve puffs and toned them way the fuck down. It looks yeah. almost Elizabethan to me. Yes, you're right, it does. Like I want to say she's, she's, got she's like, a nanny. She needs a frilly collar or something. We can see a little bit on the like against the the legs where it looks like there's like a peplum kind of a thing going on there. Yeah, kind of. Oh yeah, the poof, a little poof around the skirt area. Great earrings too. Oh, like, yeah, it looks always. like pearls with like some kind of like flowers. And again, works perfectly with the outfit. She's getting the tones. This is the one I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, when she goes with him, right? Yeah. This yeah. feels like. Actually, almost like samurai. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it does. Samurai I, get, I get that. But like going into Vulcan battle and again, very dark. She's a big, protector. Big buckle. Yeah. Very stoic. God, that episode. Good episode, but so Jesus. Good. Yeah, it tears your heart out. Ugh. And you can't see him, but she's holding his hand yeah, over here. Yeah. <laughs> and cutting him out. All right, this is this is the cost of living when we spend an unfortunate amount of time with Alexander. <laughs> but we look fabulous while doing it. We're like back to being... It's like we're dealing with our uh, heartbreak by going absolutely batshit. She's got this rainbow-colored sequined... It looks like Christmas lights. Yeah, exactly. Another Christmas outfit. And it's, then she's uh... wrapped in a 
like gold lame no, like they, overdress. They made a shirt out of Pulaski's sensor net dress oh, from TOS. Miranda Jones. Thank you. I can remember her name in that one. I love her. This is also the episode where she says she's engaged to that really boring man, right? Oh yeah. Um the guy that played um, Frollo. Frollo. Oh, did they set that up? Or is it oh. the same episode? Who are we talking about? Uh, her is this, does the guy she show gets, up in this one, or does he show up in a later one? That's she gets, this one. She okay, gets married at the end of this, so she's having her like last hurrah. That's right. And that's pretending right. to like be helping Alexander, even though what a terrible idea. I again like this. I, the reason why I took this still is because again we have this great eye makeup. She's there, got yeah, like this very like, bold green and red pink situation going on, which again is just really awesome because you don't really get to see that much. The most colorful eye makeup we've seen up to this point was Doctor Doctor Spock, Mister Spock. <laughs> TOS, yeah, and that, that was heavy. just his eyes. So, oh, hello, cleavage, excellent boob window. We're back. We are. We are gilded. We are wrapped in gold. She's got jewels again, like this beautiful sort of leafy, ivy-ish type of yeah, situation like going on. I feel like this is uh, gorgeous. Shrek ripped this off her Fiona's dress. They just filled in the window. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I could see that. And this is also, I think, if not the first one of the early, obviously Lawaxana wears wigs looks. Oh, yeah. yeah. This one's like a, like a short reddish curly thing. It suits her. Yeah, yeah, totally. I really like the skirt on this one, too, because mm. it feels very, like, bohemian, kind mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. which really fits in with this episode. I don't know. I love it. She's fabulous. This is like one of my all-time favorite looks. This is like an albino supervillain. <laughs> and that's my, very much my favorite look. Oh, this uh, is, is this the wedding dress? Do we remember? I think, I want to say it was supposed to be the wedding dress. Which she then did not wear. I feel like, because like, from, especially from far off where her face is a little more indistinct in the hair, I would maybe believe you if you said this was B. Arthur in the Star Wars holiday <laughs> special. <laughs> If I didn't know what B. Arthur wore in that, like, it's it, it just the hair, the, the wig is very B. Arthur. But the, the the dress is very, like, it's sparkly silver sci-fi, but in, like, a not Star Trek way. If I ever get married, this is what I'm wearing. Yeah, you're right. It feels like a Star Wars dress, like, definitely. Yeah, or again, like, just even just 50 sci-fi. Or, I mean, you know, the cage, they had those sparkly away jackets. Well, anyway, I love it. I love the super white hair. Mm-hmm. I love the dress. I, I love, the, love the, the whole the, look. The little ass poof. Oh yeah, again, very, um, was this, would this have been Victorian or who? No, who, the, or the poof is more Edwardian. of a... Who had the big ass bumps? Like, was the that Was it Georgian? I don't have any idea. Oh, Jane Austen times? Yeah, Victorian would have Victorian and Georgian. Is that, is that yeah. Jane Austen times? Yeah. Jane yeah. Austen times. No, no, Victorian is late 19th century. Jane Austen's early 19th. They were oh, still really? kind of doing the hoop skirt thing at that point. Oh, like the okay. whole skirt was kind of like framed big. I well, think. anyway, so to continue to talk Dickens? about Disney, <laughs> it makes me think of the stepsisters' dresses mm-hmm. in Cinderella because they had that big badunkadunk situation. This is like dirty, thirty, flirty. Like <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. I just love it. There's so many different textures happening, so many different patterns. It's very avant-garde. Weird I don't sash. think I like it. But yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting too, and interesting. A little too busy. It's, it's like semi-leopard print up the top and then falling leaves underneath. I don't think it's leopard print. I think well, it's, no, no, it's not actually leopard it's print, a, it's but a it, mesh. it yeah, gives it's like a similar a... like color scheme that, like, you know, 
sort of a dark brown and light brown sort of mottled thing. Well, I think what it actually is is it's like a see-through. Oh, okay. Like this is her skin under there, and this yeah. is just like a, right, like yeah. a fishnet, yeah, but it's with like a tighter fishnet. knot type of stuff. Either way, though, I mean, it definitely shades of Luoxana like trying to be like the the darker color feels more staid or something, but then it still just feels like an explosion of madness that only yeah. she could pull off. It's like she's trying to fit into what she thinks the new husband wants, but she's like, "Fuck you, though. I'm Luoxana Troy." God, that guy's the worst. He sucks. Yeah, the shape of it almost <laughs> looks like she wrapped some wrapped curtains around her body. Yeah, in, in a fun way, Sound of Music this, style. This screenshot, it it kind of looks like she's having like yeah. a, a medical issue. Agreed. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say it's cut off where it is because we. Don't want to show Jean-Luc on his knees giving her the old, oh my. We should tell the audience which photo we're looking at. (laughs) This is uh, Luoxana in her wedding uh, attire. wedding attire. (laughs) Or lack thereof. (laughs) Well, this is, as is tradition, this is uh, is how the Beta Zeds do. Beta Zoids. Oh, god damn it. Beta Zoids. That's my mistake, usually. I've stopped correcting you because there's no no point. (laughs) She figures there might still be hope of saving me. (laughs) But yeah, she goes naked. She's got great shoulders. She's lovely. Good for you, Luxana. Fuck that guy. Seriously. Oh, God, this episode. So this is the episode Luxana Troy has horrible trauma about her daughter that died. And again, they've got her in sort of a subdued brown outfit. Yeah, she wears like a surprising amount of brown. Like, considering that when I think of Luxana Troy, I basically imagine her in like Joseph's great Technicolor dream coat. There's a lot of brown. Well, it, that's how you know it's a serious Luxana episode. Yeah, she's apparently gonna, she's gonna act the shit out of it but she does still have some good accessories oh, yeah. like i don't know what she's got going around her neck here it's like some kind of garland it's very pretty mm-hmm. she's always got that badass walks on her red lip she's got some earrings happening that match her necklace perfectly she's great this dress is cool i like the i love the cut of the dress yeah, yeah. even though the rest of it's drab but the cut's great it looks good you feel like this is probably just like more like how her body looks instead of them being like, let's just throw a corset in here. They're just like, no, we're going to pin you in at the waist and the rest is going to go yeah. for it. And the little, like, is that a, that's not a Mandarin collar. What would you call that collar? Um, it's, 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 it's almost, like a little, little, like. It's definitely in the realm of a Mandarin collar, yeah. but I don't know what the proper term would be. And I like that there's like a kid element here because this look does strike me as being very like Baroness, not Baroness, um, Governess mm. in some way, like a really fancy collar? Governess. Huh? Maybe. Might be a neighbor collar. Who knows? Tangerine collar. Mmm, delicious. Oh, God, I got it. Damn it, Jake. And then... Oh, the robe thing. That's nice. It feels I, like she's... I kind of want one. It kind of feels like she's running for president. Like, I feel like if, if Hillary Clinton was cooler, she might have worn something I mean, here like it looks this. like she's running for the bathroom. <laughs> well, the good thing about the robe is she just, you know, slides it open and she sits. So it's, it's actually great. good for emergency poop runs. But I really like this. Like, I would wear this, too. I'm with you yeah, on that. Like, I, I really like it. Yeah, no, it's like, really good. Nice gray, gray is my favorite color, and she makes gray look colorful. She does. Which is the, the magic of Luakana Troy. It feels like she's she's bursting into song on the right panel. You know, like, she's in the middle of uh, singing the theme to That Girl or something. Yeah, but we get to see... No, um, I mean the Mary Tyler Moore show, the how theme to That Girl didn't have words. Well, the dress, the, the, the robe or cloak or whatever you would call it moves. Yeah, no, it's really a, a 
great like piece whoever of designed tailoring. it like a plus yeah you've won project runway <laughs> i feel like getting to be the person that dresses the loxana troy again aside from maybe cork has to be like the most exciting thing because you get to have so much fun. Everybody else wears the same shit all the time. The Loxana Troy comes in and gets to be like a completely random and wild variable. And she I might have that. some of the only good civilian clothes in 90s Star Trek. Because a lot of the 90s Trek civilian outfits are just... Well, it's because they're Oof. not trying to like mimic the style of the 90s. She's all over the <laughs> map. She's a flapper. She's Edwardian. She's Georgian. She's Elizabethan. She's a bitch. She's a lover. A child. A mother. Etc. Well, I think that's the same... Yeah. yeah, that's that, yeah. That's that so one the, we didn't like. The corset came back in Deep Space Nine. It's a repeat. And it oh, looks like it's the same sleeves and sleeves everything. And stuff, too. But that seems the unlike her. Amazing pink wig. Yeah, the wig is where it's at, though. The pink, I, I was going to say, the pink distracts from the bullshit. Yeah, the wig. This might be my, my favorite wig of hers because it's so over the top cotton candy. And, I love it. And of course, she's introduced to Odo because someone has stolen her accent piece. That's right. Oh, gold pressed latinum. Tiara or a diadem or something. something. I don't quite remember. Is this, when she, is this when she marries Kang? No, that's later. That's later. No, this is the one where she gets stuck in the. Oh, stuck in the elevator. Yeah, I love this. And tell us what it is. So it's it's this great. It's like a. I'm not even sure. I don't even think it's skin toned. I think it's literally just yeah, it's a mesh, yep. transparent mesh top. That has like artistically placed, and like, it almost looks placed. like it almost looks like waves of water. Again, like making her this like nature, this, seems... this nymphy nature creature. See, I, I love. get like almost like Vegas showgirl. showgirl. Oh, I get figure skater vibes. Or fi- yeah, figure yes, skater. that's exactly they what it is. They love that kind of stuff. And again, we have another great wig. Great wig. Love the wig. Love it's like tomato sauce red and it works. It's really good for her. Well, especially with the blue. The blue and the orange go really nicely together. They're both really bold colors. They're but you're right. That's that's exactly what it is. You know what it is? Definitely like a figure skater type costume look. She's wearing a, a shirt that suggests liquid to make Odo feel comfortable. Uh. <laughs> Damn it. That's pretty good. But anyway, I love that one. And I think this is the last one from that, or is this the... I think so. Yeah, well, I think they're about to get stuck in the elevator. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the... She might have one she more before off. she leaves. Yeah, oh, there it is. That, so the thing with the red one is it it's a fine dress, but it does just... I feel like you could have gotten that off the rack. It's in very normal. The, any shop in the 90s. It's, it's shockingly normal. Yeah, very just like... Again, this is what they do. When, when, when Luxana has to have kind of a serious scene, they scale her clothing... Way, but this is the most they've ever done. Because again, like if you told me they got that from J.C. or Saks or something, you know, they just went to Rodeo Drive and had somebody buy something. Well, I wonder if it's to like sort of make the contrast between like the normalcy that she sort of projects, but then she like whips off her wig and is like, "No, mm-hmm. I'm weird too." Like yeah. I don't know if it's just meant to be like a well, like, juxtaposition. Is she, is she, is she, or is she dressing down for Odo? Yeah, she might Could be. be. I mean, he'd be easily overwhelmed. She can yeah. tell immediately that he's, like, a novice. <laughs> he's wearing, love. like, this drab pajamas. So. It also <laughs> might have, just in a more practical sense, there could have been a lot of, like, because they had a fairly lengthy scene, they had to keep doing his makeup, like, 
just the realities of that sequence. Yeah. Like, we're gonna have to go back here and away and back a lot. Like, we don't want to put her in something really elaborate. Because they would have, you know, they'd oh, have to... heavy and hot. Because they clearly couldn't just do this. It's a really, it's not a lot of footage, but because they have to keep going back and making Odo a little more melted, you know, and that probably took hours. So it may have been over a course of a couple of days they had to do oh, this maybe. scene. Yeah, so for that matter, like, like, the costume would also have to know, like, she has to be able to sit on the floor in this dress. Yeah. She has to be able to do a lot of, like... And actually... Moves, like, moving in a, in a way that she doesn't usually... In dresses, she can't, probably cannot sit down. It also in. can't be mesh, because she needs to contain a liquid in it. There yes. you go. Well, she does that with her wig, doesn't but she? But also, I no, guess... No, it's the dress. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> but also, uh, Odo, like, when he's being melty, they're like, we don't want to get his makeup on... A bespoke thing we put together that was expensive. Let's just get something normal. Like, I feel like reality may have had a lot of part, a lot of big part to play in this choice. Well, whatever. The hair with the the bright, the bright platinum hair with the bright red dress. Oh, yeah, no, great it's contrast. So bright. She's smoking. Walks on a choice just to fucking smoke. I trail. remember her from The Matrix. <laughs> oh, the lady in the red dress. This is amazing. It's something. The hat is very matronly. I think this is from Fascination, isn't it? I think this is the second episode. I think the first one was Forsaken, and I think this one is is the is Fascination. And the reason why I think that is because I remember thinking, oh, it's like a fascinator, fascination. Mm. <laughs> so again, it, it feels kind of like they were like, let's take a medieval or Edwardian kind of look. And then update it and make it all futury. Yeah, because you've seen guys in that hat with like a yep. with like a vest and like a. Yeah, you're kind right. Of a robe thing. Well, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, this, it's, this looks like Marco Polo or something. I, I, you know, it's kind of. Tra- I like the flower brooch. The flower brooch, the brooch is, is nice. Getting back to the flower motif. The colors of the coat and hat. I like. I love the colors always because they're so jewel toned. Yeah. And so bright, but cool. the shape is yeah not my favorite shape for her. I do like the. I like the pointy shoulders. Mm-hmm. Mm. I will say that. Fun earrings just, as always. I, yeah, it goes with the brooch. She's a she's a master accessorizer. Oh. oh, everything about this I don't like. I, I do not like, like that wig. I feel like the wig makes her look like a, like a Lhasa Apso or something. <laughs> Is that the one I mean? I think that might be the or, or like a Yorkie or it. You know what it, it it looks like a wig they stole from like one of the Spice Girls. <laughs> See what's yeah, funny sexy though is that like wig. she actually does look like Marina Sirtis looks today. Hmm. Like in terms of the 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 straighter hair, just she looks like Marina Sirtis in this picture to me. Marina's hair is better. It's all well, that, yes, it's but. all that Betazoid psychic energy shit. Huh? The outfit is also kind of weird. It's almost like an underbust pair of overalls. Yeah, it's like a potato sack quality to it. Like, it's just not good. If the whole shirt was just that shirt, or if it... If they it, didn't wrap around the boobs yes, in a weird framing way, it would be I would, like, way I would better. Like it better. And it's that's the, the thing too, is it just looks like they took like a scarf and like twisted it up and yep. like glued it on. It does look like that. I just... Nah. But, but honestly, I, the main offender here is that wig. That was, <laughs> Oh, the wig's that terrible. They, and they the, add a little flower hairpin in there just to really... Yeah, but again, it's like... It, ooh, no. It's just... Poorly styled. Very. It looks like something Frankenstein would wear. Like I just, I, it's not a good wig. I don't like it. Yeah, the the wig, the wig monger screwed up this time. Yeah. They've been doing good wig up till monger. this point. Wig monger. 
All right, and then last but not least, and definitely her most matronly looking looks. Yeah, I was gonna say this is like the muse, Downton Abbey. Yeah, but yeah, this is this is the most like this is the most Edwardian. Well, and it we makes have. sense though. It's hard to find good maternity wear, even if yeah, you walks no, on a Troy. You know, good color though. Again, yeah, good color, and like you said, very matron. Well, I said I guess very matronly cut. Even the neck is high. It's she's done high necks before and made them sexy though. Well, obviously she's not sexy now, Ames. She's fat. I'm just kidding. She's full of a baby. Yeah, well, that's actually the real problem. Who I hope we meet in some other Star Trek. Do you? No! God damn it. Now it's going to show up in Lower Decks. Yeah, not Lower Decks. I kind of want it in something good. Well, well yes, but... It would still be too little. Because this is happening... Yeah, Lower Decks is what? This 80s? No. 70s? Well, it was... Like, they did a... Spoiler alert. They did a DS9 crossover episode that was only shortly after okay so it's not even that okay so it's like right after like yeah maybe insurrect not insurrection nemesis nemesis thank you mm-hmm. yeah because we meet Riker on the titan yeah yeah okay so it's sorry yeah it'd still be too young so it could show up in picard in season three i don't know oh god hopefully not we'll see how that goes god how what way will they find a wreck it <laughs> I like the got a, got a goldie dress. This one strikes me almost as being like snakeskin esque, hmm. which makes me not like it. <laughs> I can kind of see that, yeah. But again, like it's definitely still got your Luaxana flair. It's shiny. She's feeling a bit more confident today than she was in the day of the purple dress. Clearly, what's happening with those shoulders? Are they coming to a real point or? Um, I know it doesn't look like it's they look pretty tell. normal. Um, they're maybe a little pointed, There's but, some not, structure there, but, but not, not like, loads. they're not vertical, they're just... Yeah, like, I think they've added some shape, but they haven't added elevation. Not a lot of height, no. And I love the picture of her and Odo. I, like, had to use this one, because I just, I, I ship her and Odo. I know it would never work, but I do it love it. It wouldn't, but it makes sense. This one is really weird. Like, I feel like I want to like it, but I feel like the necklace that she pairs with this, I don't like. We've got these sort of multicolored leaves, like, cascading down, like, this almost nude, like, taupey colored fabric. And I like the dress. I actually think it does a good job of sort of hiding the pregnancy in a way. Like, it doesn't look as... I mean, like, you can tell there's something going on, but if you didn't know, you might not realize. I think the issue is it is a little too close to her skin tone. Yeah. So it's just like, there's not enough contrast. My problem with this necklace is it feels like it's straight out of, like, what we think African tribal jewelry looks like. And I feel like it is weird and then doesn't fit the look. Oh, see, I thought it looked like something like, I mean, it was, it's like made of child toys. Mm. That's it a, looks that's like the kind impossible. of colorful blocks that kids play with. And, like, maybe what kid would make Alexander Oh, even or even make just, like, her. clay. We know Alexander likes clay. You could always make this from <laughs> clay beads. There's just, like, a... I don't know. There's like a there's a colonized people's aspect to the to the look of it that I just kind of feel is weird with the rest of the thing. I just feel weird about it. I don't know. But I do like the dress and I really like the the leaves on oh, the wedding dress. Wow, it's bad. But you can't really blame her. <laughs> well, yeah, it's from some other culture. It's... And she makes it look pretty good. Yeah, she's doing her best. Yeah. I mean, she's wrapped in a sparkly surgery sheet and they gave her a veil. But 
She rocks it. Yeah, as far as veils go, I think the the structure of the veil is interesting in that it just kind of like seems to float over her face. It looks like magically. A, and from here, like when it's lit from the front with this little ball thing, it looks like she's got a kite. She looks like kite. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe they like she's gonna it, fly into the wedding. They maybe pinned it into her hair just above the ear. Oh, maybe. I bet that's what they did. Yeah, yeah. Well, it still looks like a kite. Oh yeah. Whatever they did, I think it looks like a kite. But I like it. I like it. I don't love it, but again, you can't blame this one on her. It's the traditional wear. And then the final time, she looks shit-faced in this picture, but this is like our final time seeing Luoxana, uh, well, so far that I know of. I don't think we ever see her again, which is sad. But this is this is a fun, this uh, is another sort of prom dressy look, I feel like, especially because of the shawl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's the shawl that makes it and like the beadwork at the, at the bosom. Yep. It just feels very prommy because she's also got her updo, but... There's also sort of a, like, a nice night out in the 1960s thing about that shawl. That's true. Would they have done a turban in the 60s or the was it the 70s that they were doing They would the have been doing that like sometime in the 60s, yeah. I feel like if we would have got a turban, this would have been really cool. Mm. She could have nailed it. But yeah, anyway, not my favorite, but it's like she's back. She gave birth. No, she's leaving to give yeah, birth. She actually never... hasn't done it yet. But it's maybe it's just these shots. I feel like, again, it's not I think it's she's leaned forward. That's true. And this is her, like, saying her breaking up with Odo dress. <laughs> like, you don't really love me. You just love stability. I'm gonna go have my baby. You're gonna go marry justice and order. <laughs> and you'll live happily ever after. And I'm stupid, so I didn't do, like, a every look together at the end thing. But does anybody have any favorites? Or do you want me to just, like... There have been so many. I think least favorite is probably that funky orange one. Yeah, I'll go with that. That one? No, no, the... Oh, the, the dog hair. Yeah, the one with the bad, with the bad wig. wig. Yeah. That's like my least favorite wig. Yeah, bad I love wig. that wig. I think... Oh, the blue one's great. Oh, no, gray. Gray is my favorite. Gray robe is my favorite. Because right. I want one. I also love the gray robe. For me, it would be... I really don't like that one either. I thought about it a lot, and I just... So many of them are so good. Actually, I think this one might be my least favorite. I think this weird floral... Flamenco. Floral flamenco... Beaded corset Beaded corset, uncomfortable armpit chafing. I just... That's a bad one, too. And I think... I think the pink wig, if we're going by wigs, is my favorite wig... Big time favorite wig, but I really kind of love. Again, I love this like the overall space wedding albino villain tropey mm. look of like I have white hair and white everything else. So I think that's probably my fave. Any any thoughts from you guys? You yeah, you didn't no, like... I didn't like the orange one with the bad wig. Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite though because there's there's a lot of good ones in there. This one definitely gets honorable mention that's, from me. That's I nice. love the color. I love the like. Again, the sort of like border, the gold border around her neck and around the, the decolletage. This is the green one from the Alexander episode, folks. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's like emerald green. It's beautiful. It is gorgeous. Well, Can anyway. Scroll back a little. Yeah, a couple more. I'm trying to like her Christmas look. <laughs> Maybe the dress she wears to that dinner with the Ferengi before she's kidnapped. That one's nice. That one's a good one. That one is a good one. The dinner one? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that is a good one. That one's pretty good. Yeah, she's just got, she got a lot I like. It. If I had more time to think about it, I could probably give you a favorite. But Well, maybe you'll put it in the blog post. Yeah, if you want to send me a favorite. Oh, I love that one, too. The silver one in the, her second appearance. Ugh, 
It's all good. That oh, and the, and the open back one with the red. The thing is, from the front, it's like, it's almost like, I know that you can't be super low in the front and super low in the back. <laughs> you can't. That's Because you much. gotta be dignified. But I feel like the front is so frumpy and the back is so sexy that it just feels like it doesn't... We always, that that's that's how she gets you. She's like, oh yeah, she's very staid and... Business you know, in the business front. Like, and then it's like, Party oh, actually. in the back. There it is. Yeah, also, like if there's any person who would disagree that you can't be low cut in both the front and the back, it's Gene Roddenberry. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was Luxana Troy, because I feel like she also would feel the same. No, no, you can't. Here's the like, You can't give the whole show at once. It's one or the other. You got to earn the whole show. Wow. I don't know what I mean by that. Quick games. Cover for me, fucking up by getting us out of here. Quick aims, Jake okay. us away. Well, thank you for that. Again, yeah, if you want to see all the pictures of Luoxana Troy looking fucking fine, check out our Tumblr, as you should, because she looks fucking fine. Always. Uh, that's over over at sshbpodcast.com. Apparently Tumblr's coming back a little bit. Yeah, Yay. they're allowing the porn They're allowing, yeah, light nudity, so. Well, we got Luoxana's back. That's our that's our contribution. They, saw, they, see, they see Elon destroying Twitter, and they're like, now's our chance. Just, we're gonna. Come back to us. <laughs> To lure people in, we're going to just have hashtag tits and hashtag schlong on all of our blog posts. Yikes. Kids still say schlong, right? I think it's a it's a valid strategy, though. I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, probably smart on their part. We'll see how we'll see how it goes, but we're all we're there regardless. So check out all of our great blog activities over there. <laughs> check out the tits and schlongs. Yikes. <laughs> uh, check out the tits and schlongs next week on Voyager. <laughs> Because we're going to be continuing through season five, our weeks, our next week's episodes are going to be episodes "Timeless" and "Infinite Regress." See how they're going to do next week. It'll be a good time. Ooh, oh, timeless. Um, yeah, I like that one. Oh, good. We'll have an episode Jake likes next week. It'll be it'll be great. Uh, that'll be over on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast. We're on all of them. We're also on Facebook and Twitter for now until <sighs> we decide not Twitter's not worth it anymore. Fuck Elon. Well, you know, for $8 a month, we can be verified. Yeah, why? Wow. Wow. Well, the, worst well, the reason why is because it costs like a billion dollars a year to run Twitter, but they only make about $650 million a year, so it's a big money suck, that's why. Because yep. running Twitter is too expensive, and it's not worth it, and it's Probably stupid. Probably slash some C-suite salaries, but... Nope, instead he's just going to fire everybody. Everything's so smart. Mm -hmm. Uh, including us so yes definitely hang out with us next week we'll be back until then this has been Ames this has been Caitlin this has been Jake and this is always Boothby you're not Boothby you're Species 8479 no that's not right 8472 close enough one of them 8675